Listen, man, are y'all ready for episode 124 of the Dojo Talk Podcast? Oh, y'all ain't ready. Oh, oh so y'all playing. Yep. Yo, Ja. ja John Sanchez, yo, come, come talk to these people, man. Come talk to them. Sanchez, we ready? Are we ready? I guess not. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast. I am your host, Serial Sensei. We are on episode number 124. As always, you can check this podcast out on SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes. If you're on iTunes, please rate, subscribe, and leave a review. You can also listen to us on Spotify as well as Google Play. You can hit us up on social media at the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page as well as the Dojo Talk Podcast Instagram page. Send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at Serial Sensei if you feel the need to do so. And you can also follow me on Twitch where I stream video games and do bad at them. But I try. I mean, that's as always. Part. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta give the effort. <laughs> it's all, it's all about the effort. Um, I'm joined here on this gloomy. Well, all right, the sun's trying to creep out over here, but it's, it's gonna go away. But <laughs> I'm joined. As always, with my co-host and Taku, what's going on, man? Um, not much. Just rain. When I'm done with this, I gotta clean my room for the first time in like six years. Um, <laughs> yeah. What else? Nah, that's it. I live a boring life. Yeah, that's such is life. This is this is adulthood. This is the side of adulthood they don't tell you about. It's not exciting. You just you just wake up and the days kind of run into each other. Oh God. Like, one day you're seven. <laughs> that sounds like college. Uh, and then one day you just wake up and you're 75 and you don't know what happened. You don't really remember how you got here, but you got here. But, you know, make the best of it, kids. <laughs> but, um, yeah. You know, I feel like somehow we just have to start with Ja Rule. We, we, we gotta... Y'all say a prayer for Brother Ja. <laughs> But brother rule, um, if you don't care about Ja Rule, which you know I'm not blaming you if you don't, but uh, I am. <laughs> he, he he was he was somehow um, I don't know who in Milwaukee's um, you know like committee thought this was like a cool idea, but you know Milwaukee Bucks, you know NBA team had a nice little I guess '90s throwback night. And who better to perform halftime to represent the 90s than Brother Ja, who didn't really make any noise until like 99, which really means the 2000s, which means he probably shouldn't have been there. But, um, you know, he came out, man. He tried to do his thing. He tried to get the crowd real hype. They weren't biting. They they were not, uh, you know, it didn't, it didn't go down, I think, the way he thought it would. And, yeah, for you people who are posting me, <coughs> excuse me. I'm dying. Jaws trying to curse me. You know, I saw the other video. The people like, oh, they muted the original video. Here's the one where there's noise. 
that, that uh, there wasn't a lot of noise in that crowd. I'm sorry. It um, I don't think anybody was ecstatic to hear Ja. Um. So yeah, Ja Ja, ja Rule. Just go look up the video. You think the Fire Festival documentaries why they got him? Like maybe he's just popping out because of that. I mean, yeah, maybe. It could also just be whoever's in charge of like booking those types of deals is just like, you know, um, is just like oh I remember Jarro from when I was twelve. Yeah, let's yeah. let's let's get him on the let's get him to do the show because he can he'll probably do it super cheap. Oh, that person should uh, have a stern talking to. I ain't gonna say fire him because they you know that provided a great clip, but um. You know, put them on I mean, let's be real. This this clip is gonna get more mileage than if it was somebody these people actually knew. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I guess in a way, Ja Rule never dies. Yep. He never goes. <laughs> ja Rule is somehow taking all the losses, but he's still undefeated. Some somehow he's done both. It's that um, it's that chill sun and veil of invincibility, yeah. where when he loses, he doesn't really lose. Yeah, and he takes it all in stride. What's kind of sort of. Uh, 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 kind of sort of. Do. Got to do. <laughs> well, shout out to Ja Rule for just for do, for doing Ja Rule things. Oh, um, see, I want to know what Ja Rule's streaming numbers are like. Oh wow, wow. I feel like he probably does good. Yeah, to be honest. Yeah, like, like we 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 will continue to make fun of Ja Rule, but four point one million monthly listeners. Yeah. On Spotify, because Ja, pe- people make fun of Ja Rule, and I'm one of them. But Ja had hits, a lot of them. Always on it's time has that, over a hundred million like streams. Yeah, like the man. He, I don't think he really put together like great albums, but the man had hits for days. You, you can't really, can't really front on him on that. I mean, he, he had hits for it, days. It's the voice. Yeah, it's the voice and the fifty thing really. <laughs> like, like a, a lot of rappers claim to like oh i'm gonna ruin your career no 50 really did like he really did stomp that man's career out yeah it, it was i mean it, first it was 50 then it, then it was eminem and it's just like at that point yeah he got dogpiled i mean like who, who really comes out of that fight <laughs> then he went quiet <laughs> then dave Chappelle like dug him back out of the grave and made him a meme again I think I think that's the thing. I think Jarro's just embraced the fact that he is a meme. You have to. I think that might be the reason, like he's still like undefeated, because he he could be taking this a lot worse than he is. Um, he should. Be he has, so. Yeah, you <laughs> 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 <He> probably should. <laughs> but you know, uh, you gotta respect it. Like he he could be out here on social media every day just firing off shots at people, but for the most part, it, it seems like he he keeps it cool. Fire festival thing that that was a whole nother issue, but um, <laughs> he takes it in stride, man. He he takes it in stride. But shout 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 out to brother Ja, um, somehow still making headlines in 2019, whether for for whatever reason he he's still out here, but um. It, 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 it just, that just reminded me of something. Um, fuck. Remember forever ago I was telling you about um, this thread about like the, what was happening in the streets during like the 80s and 90s hip-hop? 
Yeah. Like somebody was telling, like, all, like spilling all the secrets. Um, so the Ja Rule and Fifty Cent beef actually started as a thing where, like, the the guy who was putting up money for Ja Rule's like career, like for him to record and stuff. Like, I guess he was at one point boys with Fifty Cent. Yeah, he robbed him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, like he. he yeah, their, their their beef was actually like really. It wasn't music related. Like it was actually very personal. Yeah, no, like, like the guy. Yeah, like the guy who put up money for Ja Rule's career was like boys with Fifty Cent. Fifty Cent was mad that he was getting behind this dude who was not like a street dude. Like Ja Rule was not. Like he, he was not a big mover in New York, at all. Um. And, they, like, he actually got... that. That's part of the reason he got shot. Um, he kept like, he kept pressing Ja Rule. And the guy was just like, fuck it. If this is how you're going to be, we're just going to have somebody <laughs> shoot you. And then Hamo got shot three weeks later. Yeah. It was such a different time back then. Like, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it isn't any different, really. It, it's just everything, like, everything's on the freaking Instagram now. I think it was a bit more, I don't know the word. I feel like rappers nowadays, and I'm, I'm not saying it's like it's a bad thing. Like, everybody now is, like, really buddy-buddy. Yeah. Like, I feel like confrontations back then were a bit more personal. Because there was no social media. Well, like, so if, we, if you want real beef, you go to, like, the dudes on, like, Worldstar who have, like, 100,000 views... And who are actually like dissing each other on songs, and then going because they live like two neighborhoods across from each other, <laughs> going across and just shooting the shit out of each other. I remember, <laughs> and it was such a no-name rapper, so I, I couldn't. Tell. I don't even think he was even semi-famous. I think he might have been just like internet, if, if even that. But like he, <laughs> so I don't know how he found out. He found some fan who said like he didn't like his mixtape online. And, like, his crew and them just, like, jumped the guy. And they made him say, like, oh, I like your mixtape on camera. <laughs> that, was, that was the moment I realized I had to get off a of world star. Yeah. It was, it was coming too much. Like. Coming too much. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, why, uh. Why, why, why are we fighting over mixtapes? <laughs> like, er, er, everything gets to everybody now, you know what I mean? Yeah. Freaking, like, Chicago is nothing but dudes getting shot over, like, music videos. Mu music videos that, like, only other gang members watch, which is really weird. <laughs> I don't know. I'm afraid to what this is all going to morph into, like, 20 years from now. Like, it's, it's, it's going to be out of hand. The last one standing will be 21 Savage. He's yeah. gonna be the only rapper still alive. <laughs> He'll bounce back from all this. No, he's the only yeah. one who seems to have any like I'm not even gonna say like common sense, but like he seems to understand like, hey, I don't I don't need to be doing all this dumb shit anymore. Yeah, no, nah, yeah, he he's he's cleaned himself up. Yeah, he he might be Shout yeah, he he might be doing it from London, but Hey man, still doing it. Yeah. Yeah, still count. Shout out shout to twenty one. <laughs> I'm happy he's out of Ice detention. Yeah, that that that's that's a wild. Between that, was that this month? Did that originally break this? Yes. Month? Boy, Black History Month has been um, historic. Yikes! <laughs> historic for all of the wrong reasons.
there's been so much just uh we got to redo in march man we got to have um a second go around so this month was not it um there was a lot of foolery this month that um i mean oh like, I, I don't even know who the hell to shout out in this situation but you know fuck r kelly he's going to jail yeah he's, he's like he's finally getting out of here it's probably about 30 years too late but i guess better late than never but yeah, he he's he, he's getting out of here. Supposed to got out of here. Robert Kraft. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't even want to laugh at that because like, like okay, I laughed because it was like that was not a headline I was ready to see like early in the morning. Right. It was like what Robert Kraft? What? But then I thought about it. I'm like. I, I, it kind of makes sense. Well, to be honest, like well, I, I say, not I say I can't laugh at it because. Of like the situation for the girls, or like yeah, because it was like yeah, it was like human trafficking. Yeah, no, yeah, like that, like it, like if it was just like, you know, woman of her own free volition or whatever, that's one thing. But th- that that's some straight up grimy stuff. Yeah, and keep an eye on that story because from what I've heard, they said like Robert Kraft isn't even like the biggest name that was like attached to that. I, oh, I wouldn't doubt it. Dude, so. you see the stuff that's coming out about Epstein? Well, not coming out. Everybody already knew, but, like, they're reopening his case. Like, the head of the Department of Labor is being in, like, his name is being involved and stuff. It's crazy. Yeah. The, the world is run by shitty people. Yeah. <laughs> that's the moral of the story. But, yeah, keep, keep an eye on that craft story, even if you're not a, a football fan. I feel like there might be... That, that's not the last we're going to hear of that. It's a lot of people are probably gonna go down behind that. I just imagine Robert Kraft snitching on everybody. He's like, "Here's a list of names. Can I please go yeah. home?" Yeah, <laughs> I, I gotta go get another Super Bowl ring. So, but uh, yeah, that was our jaw rule and celebrity spiel for anybody who cares. <laughs> but uh, moving on, um, as always, of course, lots of fights to cover. Oh, not really. There were a lot of fights this weekend, but uh, I think between you and I, we both really only watched like one card in total. I, I watched part of one championship, none of Bellator, and we'll get to the UFC when we get to it. But, of course, as always, got to start with the news and notes uh, for the week. It's kind of funny because last week I felt like there weren't like really any news and notes, not, not much was going on. This week, boy oh boy. Um, we have MMA, a mess. Oh yeah, we got a lot. Um, you know, we try to keep these podcasts. The goal is to, to keep us under three hours, but Lord, they do not make this easy. But uh, that's our goal. Going, I, I guess <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to set that as the bar to, to stay under three hours. But man, there, there's a lot to talk about. So I'm, as always, I'm just gonna run through these real quick. Um, I say real quick in quotations because there were a lot of fight announcements, and to be honest, some of them I just didn't write down because there were just so many. And um, well, I got I, I got the um the, the the Fort Lauderdale and the UFC 236 cards in front of me. Yeah, I'm about to say, mo- like 80 percent of my fight announcements only come from like one card. Like, right. 236 just gave like their whole roster. 237 did like half of theirs. But I'll I'll run through my spiel and then we'll go back and uh. Some of these we'll have to pick apart because there, there are some storylines and, and things to be said. But uh, running from the top, 
the big one that just got announced a couple days ago. Max Holloway versus Dustin Poirier will be going down at UFC 236. This will be for the interim 155-pound title. We'll come back to that. <laughs> that lightweight situation, just, yeah. Also, on 236, Calvin Gaslam versus Israel Adesanya. Um, well, I didn't write it down. Is that for the interim? Yes. Yeah, that will also be for the interim middleweight title. Hopefully that gives uh, Gaslam enough time to get that uh, plague off his face. Because I think 236 is in April. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go get that cleared up, bro. Should be, just be enough time. Um, all right, UFC 236 also. There are a lot of fights, so I'm just going to list these off real quick. We got Eric Anders versus Khalil Roundtree, Ovin St. Prue versus Nikita Krala, Montel Jackson. It's a rematch. Oh, snap. <laughs> All right, two. Uh, Montel Jackson versus Andre Sukumtat, uh, Paige Van Zant versus Poliana Botello, and I have Wilson Haste versus Alexandre Pantoja. So UFC 236 is looking pretty stacked. It's a lot of, uh, it's a lot of good fights. That's, that's going to be one of them cards that there's going to be a lot to talk about probably after that one's over. But, moving on, uh, UFC 237 also has a pretty uh, decent host of fights announced. We got Anderson Silva versus Jared Cannonier. Uh, we got Little Nog versus Ryan Spann. Uh, Jessica Rose Clark versus Talita Bernardo. Wu Yanan versus Luana Carolina. And Betch Kohea versus Irene Aldana. All going down at UFC 237. Um, at the UFC Ottawa card on May 4th, uh, we have Elias Theodorou versus Derek Brunson. Um, at the UFC Miami card on April 27th, we have Carla Esparza versus Livia Hanato Souza. That should be a, a dope fight. And at UFC St. Petersburg, uh, we have Marcin Tabora versus Shamil Abzarak Himov. Probably said that all wrong, but um, that's going down. Um... We'll, we'll, we'll dig into this a little later, but for those who didn't know, um, GSP did announce his retirement uh, via press conference. But like I said, I'm just going to run through these and we'll go back and dig into them a little more. Uh, so that's all I got pretty much for UFC news. Um, moving on to Bellator, uh, just a few minor notes. Uh, they did uh, resign both of the Pitbull brothers for a multi-fight, multi-year extension. So I just wrote that down because I just think it's kind of cool that Bellator pretty much has some lifers now. Like... Dudes like Chandler and the Pitbull brothers are just like proven staples in that company, and I I think it I think it's good for Bellator that they have like yeah just they, there's certain names that you just associate with them now right right um so I I thought that was cool so shout out to the both Pitbull brothers and um in a year where tournaments uh seem to be all the rage uh, Bellator is getting back they're they're in the tournament game well they already were with the welterweight tournament and the heavyweight. Um, but they're bringing it also to the featherweight, so they will be having the 16-man featherweight Grand Prix. That's going down in October. I don't know if they had any matchups really listed, but I'm pretty sure we can guess some of the people who will be in there. But, you know, when the full list, you know, comes out, of course, we'll let you guys know. Um, in one championship, uh, Yushin Okami signed to one. I don't know what division he's fighting in. The man has fought in, like, every division somehow. But uh, that's the thing. And, uh, the last, <laughs> the last news I have, um, I just randomly came across this and I, I'm not watching it, but there are probably tons of you who will be lining up to hand over twenty four ninety nine. So I figured I would, uh, let you guys know 
Dot 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 five thousand. He's back. We haven't heard from him in a while, but apparently, like his health, doing he's doing okay now. He's not fighting, but he's uh-huh. he's on the promotion side of things. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, he he's promoting an event called the BYB Brawl for All. Oh, he's doing he's a, bringing it back. Yeah. Oh, so bare, yeah, yeah. So it's the bare knuckle league. Um, what I thought was interesting. So the 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 cage that they fight in is called a trigon. Yes, it is. So it's, a, it's a triangle. It's it is literally yeah. a triangle. <laughs> it's a 187-square-foot triangle. Um, and according to Dada, um, and I, I, I kind of like this quote, uh, this cage is not, um, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but basically what he said is, this cage is not meant for people who don't like confrontation. So if you don't want to get punched in the face, don't fight in this promotion, because there's not a lot of room for you to really run around. Um but the event uh, will be on Fight TV for twenty four ninety nine. I think it's also on like on demand, uh, Direct TV. There are a couple other services, but I just wrote down the Fight TV one. So it'll be on Fight TV for twenty four ninety nine. Um, it is headlined in what is I guess a rematch fight that was in the dog fight documentary. Uh, Alfonso Frierson and Mike Trujillo um, is I guess the headliner. They had a co-main event, but honestly, I didn't write it down. Uh, so I guess you know if you want to get your bare knuckle fix, you know Dada Five Thousand got you. He got he got you guys covered. So that is BYB One Brawl for All going down um, for twenty four ninety nine. Uh, oh snap! Did I write the date? I did not write the date. Um, just Google it. <laughs> you'll, you'll you'll find it. I think I want to say it's in say April. I don't know. I didn't write the date down. I'm sorry. Um, Terrible at notes, but will they be on a you, boat? I don't know. That's a good question. Because I'm pretty sure his last event. No, no, it's gonna be the Cheyenne Ice and Event Center. Oh yeah, it's in like Wyoming. Yeah, yeah. I forgot to mention where that. I'm assuming bare knuckle. <laughs> is bare knuckle fight? Is Wyoming the only place where bare knuckle fight is legal? I guess so. They don't got nothing else going on. <laughs> so if you're in Wyoming and you listen to this podcast. Um, you know, go check out Bare Knuckle Boxing. Oh, snap. Callback. I didn't even mention listeners. I forgot to give you guys a shout out. Um, let, let me do that real quick. I'm sorry. I'm all out of order over here. All discombobulated. <laughs> shout out to the listeners. Tumblr people, Twitter folk, wherever you listen to this. Uh, Top City, just to reel them off real quick. Paloha. Oh, all right. I'm sorry, Brazilians. I'm saying this wrong. Palhoca, Brazil. Number one. Mexico, number two. Carlsbad, California, number three. Stugart, Arkansas, no. Okay, I'm about to have a dumb moment live on air. What state is AR again? <laughs> is it not? Okay, that's Arkansas. For some reason, I was about to say Alaska. Stugart, Arkansas, number four. And St. Mary's, Pennsylvania, number five. Inexplicably at number six. Tronagved, Vihom, Slovakia. Shout out to Slovakia. Uh, so, thank you to the listeners. But back to the news. Um, all right, let's <laughs> all right, let's let's start off with the big one, I guess. Like BSB. Yeah. Um, uh, call, calling yeah. it a career. So, uh, so did, I, you, I saw, did you watch the? Uh, I didn't watch. Didn't watch, watch the press conference. Um, yeah. I, I saw some like you know uh, a few headlines and stuff uh, about like what he said and everything. But like I, I basically, like I, 
there, and there was a little bit of confusion. Um, people saying didn't GSP retire like years ago? They gave up the title, then he came back. So like, why should we believe him now? Um, GSP didn't retire. Like he, he, he openly stated he was just tired of MMA. Like between his health, like the anxiety it brings him and the pressure, he just wanted a break. Took a break, came back, won a title, got her like aggravated an injury, like an, what was it like an intestinal injury? Yeah, something like that. So chilled out again. Yeah, and and and, that, and he he's been he's been angling for a fight with Khabib, and apparently everything uh, those talks felt through. So he just felt it was just time to call it quits while he was ahead. Yeah, I, I watched the I didn't watch the entire press conference, uh, but I watched like a ten minute clip they had of it. Um, I mean, basically his, I, I feel like if you've been following GSP for a while, like, I don't think this retirement was really any shock. And it was honestly one of the reasons, like, I wasn't, like, really bummed out about it. Because it was just kind of one of those things, like, I figured it, this was going to happen sooner or later. And GSP is kind of one of those people that he's, he kind of does things by his book. Like, he, he's not really, um, he's, I've always said this, like, I feel like the first time he took that break, I feel like he, well, I, I doubt, um, I mean, he, he definitely probably, you know, anxiety, pressure, all that um, definitely played a factor. But I also think he probably saw kind of like the direction the sport, or at least like the UFC in particular, was heading in. Right. And I think he was kind of like, nah, I'm, I'm good. Like, <laughs> y'all have fun with this. I'm going to go chill out for a while while y'all get this sorted out. But like, basically what he said in um, the 10-minute clip I saw was... You know, it's not like a physical thing. Like he still feels like he's in really good shape. Um, he's not some like he's a legit like martial artist, martial artist. So he he trains all the time. Like he it's not like he's just sitting around doing nothing. But for him, it was just like I don't really. It it was like a hunger thing. Like I don't really have just the drive to really do this anymore. Like I don't, I don't wake up every day and feel like I need to prove something. Now it's just kind of like. And I, I get it. Like if I'm, if I'm not. When you lose the drive to do something, there's kind of no point in really, you know, because at that point, you're just forcing the issue. Like, you're just doing it just to do it. But, yeah, I think with him, it was more so, like, he didn't have the hunger to really do this anymore. There, were, there weren't really many other goals to accomplish. And then a big point that he drove home, which I wish <laughs> more fighters would do, um, he said that he always wanted to retire on top. Like, he didn't want the, the sport to force him to retire. You know, he wanted to leave on his own terms. You know, health is in good attack as you would, I guess, hope it could be. Um, you know, not not go out and, you know, we've seen it plenty of times. Fighter fights like five years past his prom, gets KO'd in like his last ten fights or something crazy like that. BJ Penn is still competing. Right. <laughs> like, Diego Sanchez he, is going to compete this Saturday. Like, Yeah, like he didn't want to do that. He, he He wanted to leave on his own terms and just, you know... I, I will say, I, I still have a small, I'm not even going to say hope, because I'm not really bummed if he doesn't fight again, to be honest. Like, it, he's done enough for this sport, and he's given me more than enough memories. He, he's my all-time favorite fighter, and I think the fact that he would be leaving out on top is another reason, like, I'm not really bummed out if he doesn't come back, because the last time I saw him, he was holding a belt. I'm, and even though it was over another one of my favorite fighters, like, it is what it is. It was, it was a great moment. Um, 
I feel like there's still a chance the Habib fight could happen. I think it's a small chance because in the press conference, GSP basically said, yeah, I'm about to go on vacation somewhere warm, so don't call my phone. Uh, <laughs> but I, I still feel like if there was a, a good enough offer that he would take it. But he didn't seem like he was really... Like, he wanted the deal done when he wanted it. Like, at the time, I guess it was on his mind. Right. But once it fell through, it was just kind of like, well, all right, I'm not really going to sweat this anymore. Um, you know, he has a lot of respect for Habib. He said in the press conference he thinks Habib is the best fighter right now, and that's why he wanted to fight him. But once it kind of fell through, he was like, oh, all right, it's time to go on vacation. <laughs> like, I'm not really going to press this situation. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, I wasn't really bummed out. He's, he's my all-time favorite fighter. I'm glad he went out on his own terms. The man had a dominant reign, unlike, like, he's in, he's in pretty rare space. Not not a lot of people get to dominate for that long. He made a lot of incredible fighters look very average. Um, yeah, the, the dude was, like, almost like the prototype for, like, the perfect fighter. Like, right. He, yeah, the, the man was incredible to watch. Regardless of how you may feel about his fights, especially, like, towards, like, the latter half of his career, the the dude was a consummate professional, like, showed up every fight, didn't make excuses, wasn't out here missing weight, came in and just wrecked everybody and left. And I, I respect that. Yeah. No, uh, like, he, he is, like, one of the two best fighters of all time. Like, like I have him at a Jones. Um... Yeah, like like you said, I respect that GSP kind of just like managed his career on his own terms. He left when he wanted to leave. He came back when he felt like he could. Um, uh, I like it, if this is the end, this is the end. Good for him. He's made a s ton of money. He probably doesn't have to work another day in his life. Like I I don't know how the movie thing was going for him. And like I remember he was in the first Avengers movie. He's actually pretty or, good. Not the first Avengers <laughs> movie. He was in the, uh, the Captain America uh, yeah, Winter, Sol- Soldier. Winter Soldier movie. Um, I, don't know if he's de- I don't know if he's done anything since then. Let's see. George St. Pierre. Like, he had a nice little fight scene in that movie. Yeah, like, I, I don't know what else he's doing like to, to keep himself like busy. But, you know, whatever it is, I hope it works out well for him. Um... I would say I would say the only, I guess, moment I would look back on his career, I really did want him to fight Damian Maya. I really did want to see that fight. Like back when Maya was first dropped to one seventy, he was making his run. Right. That might be like the only moment I look back. Like man, I wish I could have saw that. Felt like that would have been awesome. But well, the Anderson fight. But I, I think we all kind of knew that was never going to happen. It was just fun to talk about. <laughs> 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 but it was never gonna really be a thing. Oh, I forgot he was in the Kickboxer remake that nobody saw. Um, yeah, I didn't watch that either. Apparently, it was. But no, nah, man, like, yeah, GSP, man, that he's he's my personal goat. There aren't really many people I could think to put at him. Like you said, may, maybe Jones, but yeah, the man was just extremely dominant and fought like multiple generations too, like. You forget, like, his first fight ever was against, like, Ivan Menjivar, I think. 
one of his first fights. Who, who eventually dropped down the band of weight. Right. <laughs> like, he fought and lasted through multiple generations of fighters and still, like, maintained his dominance. Like, from freaking Matt Hughes all the way up to, like, Johnny Hendricks. Um, it's like a whole, that's like three generations of fighters. Yeah. And he, you know, he, he went through them all. So, yeah, man, he, he gets nothing but respect for me. If, if this is the last, uh, the last hoorah for real, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a lifelong fan. I was, I have a ton of GSP moments to, to remember. I'll, I'll never forget that. I was so angry that, like, when the Condit fight happened, I was actually at work, and I was, like, a nervous wreck the entire fight, and my friend had to call me after every round. I had to sneak off during my shift. (laughs) 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 My homeboy called me like, yo, he just got kicked. I'm like, oh, no, what happened? What happened? So I got to sneak off during my shift to, like, figure out how the fight's going because I can't watch it. Um, I remember his fight back in the day with Tiago Alves. Alves was a killer back then. And I was like, oh, man, this Alves guy, man. He, those are like my early, early days of getting in the MMA. I was like, oh, man, this Alves guy, he, he's, he's pretty nasty. Nah, GSP gave him the work. As nasty as Alves was, beat up John, gave John, John Fish the business, avenged his Matt Hughes loss. That's another thing. I love that he avenged his two losses so they don't make me feel so bad when I see the Matt Sarah KO. Hmm. I'm like, oh, he came back and he, he worked them. Right. But, uh, nah, man, GSP's, GSP, man, he's, he's awesome, so... Shouts to him, but let's let's uh let's let's talk about this Max Holloway and Dustin Poirier matchup. Um, uh, you know what this does? There's, yeah, there, there are so many just ways to look at this fight. Uh, it and it then, guarantees we're gonna get another interim title fight this year, right? <laughs> Shouts to Jose Aldo and um. Probably Alexander Volkanovsky at UFC 237. Yeah. How, how funny would it be if Aldo's last fight was for like, the UFC interim featherweight title? <laughs> and he wins. Oh, <laughs> uh, what a mess. What a mess. Yeah. Like, I, I saw the headline, Holloway Poirier, and I... Under normal circumstances, I probably would have been really hyped. But, like, I saw this headline, and I was just kind of like... I guess I'm supposed to be. And don't get me wrong. This is probably going to be an amazing fight. And as much as I might complain about this matchup, or you know I'm watching the card. I might even take off for this. Because this card looks pretty awesome. But I just saw the headline and I was just kind of like, I don't know. I don't know about this. I'm not too sh- I'm not. I'm not angry at this, but I'm not really happy either. I'm just, I'm confused a little bit. Because, um... I mean, Max Holloway coming up to lightweight, I, I think we all figured it, it probably was going to happen at some point. Um, I didn't think it'd be this soon, because I still think there are a couple of people at 45 I would like to see him fight. But it's just like, how do they continue to logjam a division where like there doesn't need to be confusion? I, I, like, I understand the place the UFC's in. Like, they need headliners. They need, uh, like... They need headliners. They need people to headline pay-per-views. They got dates to make and everything like that. Khabib went and got himself suspended for nine months, and he refused to do anything to shorten his suspension, so he's not going to be back till September, uh, which leaves you with, like, a te- like 
at the earliest, by the way. Who, who know, like, I don't know how long Ramadan is this year. So I, he, like, he doesn't do camp during Ramadan. Um, so, like, that rules out, like, a summer return. Um, freaking Tony Ferguson turned down the fight. Like, I, I'm sure the original plan was to do Dustin Poirier... Tony Ferguson, so that's what's been rumored anyway, but Tony Ferguson turned it down because I'm assuming he's like, why the fuck am I going to fight for another interim title? Because the last time he didn't give me anything and I had to go fight Anthony Pass when I came back. Um, so I'm like, to, I'm sure that him is just like, what well, was even the point? Um, I, which brings up the question why they put Ally Quinta in there, and I'm going to assume. Is because Ally Quinta was asking for too much money because that was the rumor. Um, like a few, like a few days, like a day before the the, the fight was announced or that it leaked that it was made. Um, Dustin Poirier and Ally Quinta were tweeting about how they both wanted to be cut from the UFC. <laughs> Did you see when Poirier commented under Al's post? He's like, "You feel me, dog?" And I was like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it's like, okay, what happened those 24 hours? Like, I'm assuming, because from what I heard, Poirier and Ayala Quinta both wanted more money to take the fight. I'm assuming Poirier got his wish and Al didn't because the UFC doesn't like Ayala Quinta. Um, uh, which brings up, like, how did they end up, how did they settle on friggin' Max Holloway? And I guess it's because he's, like, uh, he's not a proven draw or anything, but he is a headliner. And yeah. it's a rematch from a fight, um, which I, I guess in their eyes is just, like, you know, game, the, the numbers. Um, I think it's like, you can't even pay attention to that first fight, though. Like, both of these guys are completely, they're not even the same fighter anymore. Yeah. Like, and Max was, <laughs> like, 19 years old. Yeah, he was literally like a little. And he kid. took the fight like a week's notice. So, yeah. Um. See, I feel like the, this this fight is a result of what happens when you continually log jam a division and just make bad decisions repeatedly. Right. Like, if you would have given people their due title shots on time and on schedule, you wouldn't have this log jam at the top where like you have Poirier who's been on this crazy run. You have Ferguson, who's been winning since forever. And now you have two guys who both could both make legit claims to a title shot. But obviously you can't give it to them both at the same time. So now you just you just have all this confusion. Like, you could have avoided this way back when if you would have just kept the ball rolling. This is why things need to happen. I ain't going to say on schedule. I get it. Like, life happens sometimes and fights just don't pan out. But, you know, you... This is this is the supposed reason you should have rankings and have like a chart to look like like oh okay this guy's not ready all right let's go to the next one let's stop it, and, and part of it's not their fault like this was so this if everything went according to plan maybe not plan but if everything happened the way it probably should have happened this fight would be Ferguson Khabib right but Khabib went and did something stupid and now he's gone. He's also your champion. Like, uh, like maybe don't lean so much of your marketing into something that is so real to one side of the fight that they do something stupid like that. Like, yeah. but beyond that, like, the, 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 like 
yeah, the UFC could have made McGregor. They could have taken the belt from McGregor way quicker than they did. Um, they they could have. I, I I don't know. Like they could they could have not given McGregor the title shot when he came back. And yeah. could have made it. You could have made it for uh, Tony Khabib right out the gate. Yeah, and that's kind of my main point. Like, if you just look at some of the lightweight, the lightweight title picture in the last couple of years, pretty much like since Conor was champ, if you trace it all back there and just kind of look at it, you can see where like the log jam was starting to to take place. And I just felt like some of this could have been slightly alleviated if you just would have, if you would have switched a few things, tinkered a few things, did a few things that just made sense, you could have gotten out of this, but. I mean, I guess probably from the UFC's eyes, though, this is probably still a win. You know, the champ versus champ is, well, well, Holloway's the champ, but, like, these kind of fights just seem to be the thing now. You know? Right. So, for, for them, I guess it's it's still a win, but you got you got Ferguson on the sideline who should not be on anybody's sideline. That man needs to be, <laughs> that man needs to be fighting at any time he is available. Um... This is like the top of this division is just way too talented to have these kinds of. This should be the last division that should have these kind of problems. Right, like, like, and again, like, I, I, we both love Max Holloway to death, and here he is skipping how many more fighters who have cut their teeth in this division to get a title fight. Do you think it's Worse for the confusion if Holloway wins. I mean, yeah, because like, what is like, what does the UFC do at featherweight? Like, do do they strip him if he gets the interim title? Like, does yeah. does Holloway want that? Like, does he go defend while he waits for Khabib to come back? Do, do, does he just go back down and just completely say fuck it? I'm not going back up until like I get, you know, until you sort out stuff up there and. The UFC does Tony Ferguson, Khabib Nurmagomedov in the fall, and the interim title just means nothing. I mean, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. We are we've already established that. Like, remember when Carlos Condit sat out a whole year after winning the interim title so he could fight GSP? Yeah, that would never happen now. Nope. <laughs> he sat out for three months. He'd have gotten a phone call. Listen, bro. They would, they would have just unceremoniously <laughs> stripped him and made GSP versus freaking Nick Diaz right out the gate. Yep. Yeah, yeah. This this is... It's... Like, we should be celebrating. And like I said, I'm not taking away that this, this is going to be an amazing fight. I have no doubt about that. But I'm just looking in the long run of, like, just potential confusion and just... Someone's feelings are going to get hurt. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, it's unavoidable at this point. I mean, I guess good good for Poirier in a way, even though, like you said, we've established interim belts at this point don't really mean anything because it, it clearly doesn't guarantee you a title shot. We saw Tony not get his and <laughs> poor, poor little Kobe. <laughs> they act like he didn't even exist anymore. <laughs> but... You know, I, I guess if Poirier wins, and I know he's been wanting a big fight, and albeit this isn't for like the title title, but I, I guess it's the second best. I thing. mean, you get, you get, I, I think you still get like your pay per view points and your, uh, your championship bon- like base pay. Yeah, so I'm, I'm happy for him in that regard because he, he, him and Al seem pretty adamant. Like, bro, we just, we just kind of won out at this point. 
Um, so I'm, I'm glad they were at least able to get him a big fight. But it, it just seems like this is going to result in a lot of chaos and disarray. But I guess at this point, I shouldn't really be surprised because it's kind of how the UFC does things. So Yeah, like... And here's yeah. the thing, if the UFC had, like, if this had been Khabib and, like, they had to choose between Poirier and Tony Ferguson, like, that's a, t- that's a tougher choice than I think we're giving a credit for, like, Ferg's 11-fight win streak and everything, but they both lost to the same dude and Michael Johnson, so you think about it like that, at lightweight, um, and that's, that's, that's Poirier's only loss at uh, lightweight, like, he, he's beaten, like, just like Ferg's, he's beaten two other, um, former champions. Alvarez and uh, Anthony Pettis. So, like, I would have got it, like, in that regards, but, no. I don't know. You you feel for everybody involved, except maybe Max, who lucked. Yeah, he just... Who who kind (laughs) of just lucked into this. Yeah. Max was just in the right place at the right time, and, you know, coming off his performance, he's just winning that life right now. Like, this is like a bonus. (laughs) <laughs> you see the scary part for me is that with um mcgregor probably going to fight cerrone sometime in like early summer i can see the ufc saying f it you have to defend against mcgregor if he beats cerrone and it's a rematch between like poirier mcgregor and or holloway mcgregor and that's how the ufc thinks they're going to make like mcgregor khabib too Oh yeah, you know that's happening. Like, like that's that's obviously the plan, and Dana White's been vocal about wanting that fight to happen, even if there's like a fight in the interim. But like, I'm talking about like just sort of like straight away when Khabib has to, when Khabib is scheduled to come back. So, we'll we'll see. There'll there'll be a lot of confusion and chaos to come. But with that said, though, who who you got? Who you got? In this fight? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I'm. I, I'm gonna stick with Max. I think. I think Eddie Alvarez got to exploited a few things in Poirier that we haven't seen um, other fighters be able to do, particularly with the body shots. Like I, I really think he was hurting them there um, before getting knocked out. Um, Gaethje too, to an extent. Like Gaethje was really. Taking it to him a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm going to just go with Holloway. Uh, this, this is a hard one. God. Because Poirier at 55 is just a completely different animal. Right. And there's a part of me that thinks, like, the power he has at 55. Could he could he crack Max a couple good times? Oh, he absolutely could. That's, that's yeah. the thing. Like... Uh, yeah, this this is a hard, this is a really hard fight to pick. Um, and that that that's the one good thing about this fight, aside from all the chaos, just the matchup. If you just look at it strictly from a, a fight standpoint, yeah, this this is this is really hard to pick. Um, ugh. Ugh. I'm like reluctantly gonna say Poirier. I don't even know if I fully believe it. <laughs> I'm going to say Poirier. I'm going to say it's, it's going to be a war. It's going to be a lot of blood. A lot of people getting... getting A lot of punches to be had. There's going to be a lot of violence. But I'm going to say Poirier's power somehow wins him this fight. Um, 
but I think Max is like the more skilled fighter, though. If that makes sense. But I just think Poirier's power might be the difference. But we'll see. Either way, that's that's going to be a really wild fight. Um, but Lord, the chaos that is going to ensue from whoever wins that fight. Just the top of that division. God bless all you lightweights trying to get title shots. Lightweights on the come up. <laughs> it's just, it is a mess. It is it is a mess. But um, yeah, that's that's it for news and uh and notes for the week. So like I said, man, a lot of great fights coming up. Like we need to talk about Silva versus Kananir. Oh man, yeah, we did. I mean, like I don't have a whole bunch to say about it, but that's that. That seems like a fight where the UFC just wanted to make something happen in Brazil. Like, the, yeah, I, I think that was a, a silver gift. Uh, look, like, I, I'm I'm not sure it's a gift. Yeah, I don't mean gift in terms of like this is gonna be like an easy fight to walk through, but like, like they wanted to give him a fight and and. You know that's that's good competition. Yeah, like they were uh, they were trying to sell out that twenty thousand seat arena in um, Curitiba, but I, I think they ended up moving it to Rio because they just couldn't get the, pe- the the amount of people to um they they couldn't get the turnout they wanted, which is understandable when you know Brazilian MMA is really hurting right now. Man, that's that's gonna be an interesting fight. I just hope. <laughs> As always, with every Anderson fight in the latter half of his career, just don't get knocked out. Don't don't get flatlined. But that's an interesting fight, though. Cannonier middleweight, the dude, dude's a powerhouse. So we'll we'll see how that goes. But I'm picking Anderson because I just pick Anderson. <laughs> that's, that's just what I do. But um, yeah, that's uh that's pretty much it for news and notes of the week. Um, as far as fights, uh, before we get to UFC Prague, um, there were a couple of other cards that happened this weekend. LFA had a card. I didn't even write it down. I think the middleweight, one of their titles got defended. I, I should have watched it, but I, I missed out. But go go check out LFA. They always have good cards. Always people getting knocked out. Crazy highlights. It was it was um, the middleweight title. Uh, Brandon Allen versus Moses Morietta. Okay. I think Allen squashed him. Uh, he won the decision. Okay. Shout out to Allen. Um, Bellator had a card inexplicably this weekend. Um, I think I don't think anybody outside of Ireland really watched it. Right. <laughs> but, um, uh, Bellator 217, headlined by James Gallagher and Stephen Graham. Uh, I think Gallagher won. Yeah, he won via uh, rear naked choke submission in the first round. So, shout out to him. Other names on the card... I don't know. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know any other fights you guys may really care about on this card. Um, if you remember Paul Redman, former UFC vet, he was on the card. He won a decision over uh, Charlie Leary. There was apparently, um, uh, how do you put this, a grudge match between Miles Price and uh, Peter, uh, was it Quia- uh, Quealy? That I want to say stems from something that happened... In, this, was this a rematch or something? Like I, I remember they had beef. I don't remember why. I remember reading about it and it was actually like kind of interesting. Uh, but it's not it's not a rematch. But like Miles Price in the co-main event took a decision, uh, split decision over Peter Quelly. Um, 
I don't know. Uh, the fight I most anticipated was uh, uh, the the women's featherweight fight between um, Olga Rubin and uh, Ayani Razafiarison. I'm never going to be able to say her name. Uh, I don't speak French. But uh, Olga Rubin took a decision win. Probably gets a step closer to fighting Julia Budd for a featherweight title. Um, and here's a name I haven't seen in forever. Walter Gahadad, uh, Gahadza. Um, back when Leon Edwards was still on the regional scene, it was like between him and this dude named Gahazada, uh, Gahadza, who was fighting in like UC MMA, which is like the weird MMA league where they have like, um, like it, 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 it's mostly striking, and but you're not allowed to strike on the ground, and like it, it's really it's a really weird set of rules, like. Like like grappling has to be it has to be you have to do like sprint grappling or else you get stood up right away. You're not allowed to throw strikes on the ground. It's really weird. But um, Gahadza was like one of the dudes that people were like hoping got to the UFC and like he's never got there. Um, he went 15 and 0 before he lost three in a row and now he's fighting for Bamba. Um, but he gets on these Bellator prelims too. So. He he took a, a knockout win over some German dude named Ruben Crawford. There you go. So, was it, I'm pretty sure this was on the zone. It's, it's on the zone. It's on the Bellator app. There you go. So if you want to go watch that, go go check that out. That was Bellator. Because well, Bellator has not had one good event this year. And well, I guess uh, the 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 um the Fedor Fader card was. Oh, uh. <laughs> I'm not gonna say they haven't had a good event, but, but like their last, they, they have their not last been putting couple, their best foot forward. Yeah, their their last couple events have kind of felt. Yeah, like, and like the next one's gonna be headlined by Emmanuel Sanchez and Ashley Grimshaw. Like, it's not inspiring. It's not a good stretch. Yeah, it's it's not it's not a that good. That card's stretch. in like a month. Uh, it has one main card fight booked. Lord. Um, but whoa, like 219, whoa. they're gonna pick it up. Koroshkov, Larkin, um, was another fight they announced for that card. Nah, I guess that's it. But that's that's the best fight they put on so far this year, uh, on paper anyway. Yeah, they got they got some work. And then you know, McDonald Fitch, I guess. But Eluma McFarland's gonna be on that card fighting Veda Artiega. And then after that, they got the um. Chandler Pitbull in May. So there, go. there we go. That's that's the card. Yeah. Did we talk about how they made they rebooked Pat Curry versus AJ McKee Jr.? Oh no, I forgot yeah, about that. So they they uh, rebooked that fight for um for that card. I assume that means whoever wins that fight is going to fight uh, Patricio Pitbull next. If he if he does if he wins now I don't know what they're gonna do if he wins the title, if he beats Chandler. Like they obviously they're gonna run it back, so I don't, know, I don't know what that means for the featherweight <laughs> tournament. Lord, more log jams. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe Coker has a master plan. We'll. But, uh, 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 but yeah, uh, I'm, uh, I'm sorry for geek kind of you off. But like Douglas Lima, uh, Michael Page is also booked for that card. So that's that's a good card. That's a good Bellator card. We just, we just have to wait a couple months. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it takes a like half the year to get your booking in order. Yeah, you got you got to suffer through the the bad ones to to get the the one that finally blows your mind. 
But no, I'm glad I'm glad McKee and Curran got uh rebooked. I hope Curran's health is uh it's good. I know he's he's been injured and, and he fights that, like but. he's injured. Yeah. <laughs> he's not the same guy, man, but still a fan, so that look looking forward to that fight. Um also shout outs to one championship. Uh they had a uh, card this weekend uh, called a greatness um this was one of the first cards that was on the um bleacher report app and will broadcast on tnt <laughs> uh at 4 30 in the morning on wednesday so if you're up at 4 30 you got tnt and you don't got nothing else to do with mind you it's only an hour long so they're only gonna get like two or three fights in yeah so um you know so if you're if you're Waiting around to see Ariel Sexton fight Amir Khan, that's the time to do it. That's for, yeah, that's for you. But uh, <laughs> I, I've heard good things about Nong Stamp. Is that how you pronounce her name? Um, I have not. Uh, oh yeah, I, I, I don't think I, have I seen her fight. I don't know. I always get like the Thai fighters like like I see them, and then I don't remember them until I see like a highlight. But I don't like remember them by name, so I can't remember if I've seen her before. But I would recommend, um, I mean, if you get a chance to watch this fight, um, in whatever way you can, legally or alternative methods, <laughs> I, I would tell you to do so. From the little bit I got to see of it, um, it was actually a pretty good uh, card. Uh, Stamp Fairtex won, I don't know if he won or defended, uh, but she is now the inaugural uh, Muay Thai Atomweight Championship. Uh, she won a decision over Janet Todd. Um, they also on this card, they continue the other side of the bracket for their lightweight tournament. So uh, Ariel Sexton defeated Amir Khan via rear naked choke. That was actually a really awesome fight. Um, Amir Khan should have killed Sexton like three times in that fight. <laughs> Sexton like somehow survived and got through and got the choke in the last round because he was definitely catching some hands in that fight. But um, that was an awesome fight. Go Definitely go back and watch that. Um, also on the lightweight bracket... Um, Saigid Gusian Arslanis. God, that's a lot. I, I probably said that all wrong. Uh, well, he knocked out Ev Ting in like 30 seconds. Well, 25 seconds. Um, yeah, he killed him. <laughs> so, like I said, man, this this lightweight tournament, for one, on the low has been really fire. And this is not going to be a cakewalk for Alvarez. Like, there are some really good fighters in this tournament. Um so Alvarez, I think, is going to have his hands full. But uh, shout-outs to uh, Saiki. That was a, a nice... He, he made really quick work of F-Ting. Um, other notable names on the card. Uh, Nikki Holskin uh, defeated uh, Mustafa Flaeda, uh via decision. Um, I saw a couple highlights. He threw a couple Tekken combos. Looked like a good time. So go watch that. And uh, Region Re Re uh beat up on Anthony Anjikawani. Um, KO'd him in the second round. Um, and also shout outs to uh, Ayaka Miura who landed a scarf choke on Laura Belin. If I'm saying that right. Hey, scarf choke. That was pretty. Cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool. So yeah, go go back and watch these one cards. Like I, I, I don't know how they're moving forward. If none of them are gonna be on the, the one app, I don't know if moving forward this is the start of like the Bleacher Report. Slash TNT. I'm not really sure how all this is working out. It's um, added to their library. Yeah. yeah. So, go, but go back and catch the cards if you can. Like, one's cards, like I said, they're, they're always pretty good. You get a nice mix of MMA, kickboxing, and Muay Thai. Um, 
I feel like it's more probably geared toward a hardcore fan. But I mean, if you just want to see some violence, just hey man, you get it in all forms. So go go watch a one card. Um, so shout out to one championship called a greatness. Alrighty, that brings us to the main event of this podcast, UFC Prague, which went down uh, nice and early uh, in the Czech Republic. Fortunately, while I was at work. So when I only got a chance, the only fights I caught in real time, I think, uh, yeah, I got home just in time for the co-main event and the main event. I missed everything else in real time. I had to go back and rewatch. But anywho, UFC Prague was headlined by Tiago Santos and Jan Blahovic. Um, so yeah, we'll just uh, we'll just jump right into it. So very. Uh, uh, oh, uh, you should probably think how the fight ended. Or how, uh, what was the result? Um, so Tiago Santos. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah he he starched <laughs> Jan Blachowicz in the third round. Um, then did a really nice two uh, what was it like uppercut hook combination as what was it two three I don't remember uh, as Blachowicz uncharacteristically charged forward like yeah. he was Tiago Santos. Not a good, uh, yeah, <laughs> not a good game. Yeah. Plan. So, guys, um, if you're coming forward, like if you're moving forward, the person you are fighting is moving away from you, like backstepping, do not throw like an uppercut because that's not what that punch is for. Um, because the, 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 the last punch Bahovic threw before getting countered was an up, like just an ugly, ugly uppercut. That completely whiffed, and Santos made him pay. I was more impressed that Santos did this while moving backwards. Oh yeah, like, no, dude. he didn't even have his feet really fully planted. Like he was stepping back and just kind of like, "All right, I got you." And they landed flush. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he caught Jan right on the chin, and uh, Jan dropped, and then proceeded to eat a thousand hammer fists. Um, yeah, like who, who was the Herb Dean? Gave yeah, I mean, him every good. opportunity to stand up. <laughs> yeah, I think he gave him too much. Yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> he gave him too much. Like, I get it. Main event, you don't want to be that guy who stops the fight too early. But uh, after about them first, about five hammer fists, I think we could have, like, yeah, you're out of here. But, hey, man, he, he gave he gave Jan every chance he, he could. And uh, it did not matter. He ate a thousand hammer fists, and he Damn, died. Damn, his head was really not moving. Those the uppercut, yeah. <laughs> those a hook, those another uh, a left hand, and his head was just in the same spot all three times. Yeah, and he he got robbed. Yeah, um, a hook with each hand. Good God. Um, I, I was impressed with Santos. Um, this this was a very a very measured fight. Like this wasn't Santos just coming out and I'm just gonna wing punches until one of us can't move anymore. That like, that'd be scared. Was... I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, see the the pace of this fight, you would think would have favored Jan a lot more like we're moving slower I can kind of see everything I can pick my shots more because you're not in my face 24 7 um but no Santos did a good job he kept throwing that um that oblique kick to the knee um he was picking his shots pretty well they they both had pretty decent moments like that I felt like this fight was just tense because when you saw how measured it was you were just waiting like all right who's gonna land the big one because they're both just kind of like, you know, Santos is landing the teep kicks. Um, you know, catch him with a one-two or like a left hand. 
Jan, uh, Jan caught him with like a couple body kicks to like a left hand. But nobody was really getting like starched early. They were both landing like decent shots, but you were just waiting to see like, all right, who's going to land the big right. one? And you would think the fight moving this slow that Jan would be able to... Because Jan was the one actually I felt like pushing the pressure more, but Santos just did a good job of, you know, that oblique kick definitely worked a lot for him. He was out of like brawling range, so he wasn't taking any crazy shots. Um, Thank you. <laughs> Santos did worry me though, because there were moments where like his explosion and just reaction time is really quick, and he'll just let go one and just throw all of his body weight into it. Like there was one point where he he threw a left hand, and, like his whole body almost fell forward. You know, this performance reminded me of a little bit, like um. Early middleweight run, Yoel Romero, where like Yoel would just like there were just times you forgot how quick Romero really is because he was just like right. so like laid back and he was letting the other guy do like their thing. Like nowadays, he, like, he's much more of a pressure fighter. He'll, he'll put you on the fence. Um, like he he won't throw much, but he'll he'll put you on the fence. He'll get he'll make reads and stuff. But like before, it was just like him. Like, okay, waiting, 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 and then in the third round, like, he finally decides what he's going to do, and then he knocks you out. And, right. that, like, that's what it felt like with Santos. Like, he was waiting for Vlahovic to overcommit on something so that he could take him out. And it's kind of weird because there were a couple of strikes that Santos overcommitted on and never really had to pay for it. And then the time that Jan explodes and does something a little reckless, <laughs> he, gets, he, he gets completely put out. Yeah, like, I I, uh, I had posted this before the fight, but, like, I think Blahovic is one of those, like, light heavyweights that's, like, actually good. Like, for uh, that, that finishing sequence notwithstanding, like, Blahovic has a good baseline of skills that make that would make him a solid fighter in almost any division. Like, maybe he's not a borderline top five guy at middleweight or welterweight or even heavyweight, but, like, he, he, he would have a career. Like, I don't know if, like, a guy like um, OSP, for instance, w w would even be, like, a top 20 dude if he was a middleweight. You know what I mean? Right. But, um... Yeah, like, Bajovic, I, like, I, like, you see the building box of, like, a dude who's actually good. And, like, Sancho just kind of freaking ran through. Like, I can't even say he ran through him, but, like, the, the he got, Blahovic got the fight he wanted, and he still couldn't win it. Yeah. I, like, of all the, of all the, you would think in this matchup, if you were to guess who was going to make the first mistake, I think you would have thought Sancho. Yeah. Like, Jan would have just kept his composure the entire time and just kind of did his right. thing. But he was the one who had the careless moment. Like, I, I, yeah. I think this goes back, like, Bobby is just not that great of an athlete. Which, I mean, who really is a 205? But, like, the, the, like Santos is, like, a ridiculous athlete. So I, I think like him being able to counter Blahovic on his mistakes makes uh, makes more sense than Blahovic being able to counter Santos because 
Bubba's is really isn't like a countering type. Like he'll make you pay when you make a mistake, like he did to Devin Clark. But those tend to happen like grappling exchanges. Like his whole thing tends to be like I'm going to outsmart you and out like maneuver you with technique, like he did to Jimmy Manuel in the rematch. But he he just was not able to get like a solid beat on what Santos was doing. And I think a part of that was because Santos was just so atypical. Like, this was not the, the... Decided that he was going to just throw everything at Jimmy Manoa and see if it worked. This, this kind of makes me wonder if Santos was telling the truth that he decided... Well, he said he decided, like, five minutes before the fight he was just going to brawl with Jimmy. <laughs> like, if this wasn't the original game plan. <laughs> I, I, I think this is good, though, if you're a Santos fan, because this shows that... I'm not just this super brawler. Like I can fight smart when I want to. Right. You know? Apparently there there's a switch. <laughs> like I can I can calm down and be methodical and not do anything too crazy outside of myself and still Right. I, I can wait for my opportunities if I need to. Yeah, because I mean we've seen this before. Like we've we've all seen and Santos ain't a prospect. He's been fighting for a while and actually he's like is he thirty? How old is he? He's like mid thirties. I think he's like thirty Point point being, he's not a he's not a youngin. But like we've seen before, the youngin comes in, he knocks everybody out, and he thinks that that's gonna get him like to the top, until he runs into that guy that he tries to knock out, and they don't right. go away, and then he has no other recourse. So, and it's good to see that Santos adjusted the game plan without. It wasn't a force thing. It wasn't like oh snap, my knockout didn't work. I gotta try something else. Like he came into the fight ahead of time. Like all right, let me. Let me switch this up real quick so I don't have to have that moment where this guy's beating me and I don't, you know, I try to switch up, but it's too little too late. Like, he already had this plan that seemed like ahead of right. time. Um, so I, I thought that was cool. Do you um, think Dave Branch is I mean, with himself right now? <laughs> Shouts to the GOAT. <laughs> See, Dave, you were at 205, man. You, you, you would have been fought for a title already. Like, Yeah, you, yeah, you, you'd have been up there. But freaking yeah, uh, another, another another story for Chris Weidman, but Luke Rockhold out, yeah, out here he getting does. triple freaking neck surgeries, be, uh, and they could have been fighting for titles. Yeah, but all, all above Alpha Santos, like smart performance, good performance, and then it still ended with the violence that we wanted. And I mean, I, I got to think that after the Anthony Smith fight. I think you've got your next. I mean, uh, yeah, like the, it lines up perfectly unless Smith does the damn thing on Saturday. He uh, like, and, and somehow finds a way to beat Jones, and they have and they have to run that rematch back. Like, I don't see like Santos is the obvious next opponent. Jones. Yeah. And you know what? I'm, I'm just I, I'm picking Santos. I'm picking Santos because. Yeah. I believe in the hammer. <laughs> yeah, you have to. Yeah. I mean, I, I want I want him to win. I want Santos to be a UFC champion. And I've, I've, it, I've said it. this, man. Like, like every, we we've seen a lot of fighters try to figure out Jones. We've seen a lot of different styles, a lot of different kind of fighters. Jones have ne- is never just for the wild guy. Like, <laughs> like a guy who just might come in yeah. and just like you know what I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna try to kill you, like a, a guy who might fake 
a, like a a, a a teeth to the knee, throw a spinning back kick and a spinning uh, like a capoeira style jump spinning right spinning <laughs> kick afterwards like. Right, like that might just be the way to beat Jones, because apparently trying to be methodical and slow the fight down—that's that's not exactly. the move. Because he's you just need to, you yeah. just need to spam the attack button, like like this was like Street Fighter or something, and yeah. hope something works. Keep pressing, yeah, keep pressing square. <laughs> just, just keep pressing square. Throw a triangle in there every every once in a while. But nah, man, great great on Santos, man. Violent finish, but a smart fight, um, and. Him, him just getting a title shot is just... I, I, I'm pretty sure that's going to happen, but that's... Like, dude is legitimately like, one of the best knockouts in the history of the UFC. Um, yeah. He's now tied for with... And uh, Anthony Rumble Johnson for most knock, uh, for second most knockouts in UFC history. Behind only Vitor Belfort. Mind you, he has not been in the UFC nearly as long as any of those guys have been. Right. <laughs> he got to the UFC and. Just... 20, well, he was in in 2013, but his first knockout wasn't until 2014. So he's been in the UFC for like a little over four years. And he just killed everybody. God love him, man. You got, you know what? Quick thought before we move on. Like, how good is Gay Guard? Mm-hmm. He ran through him. <laughs> I forgot about that fight until like a. It just randomly popped in. Like, he, he ran through Santos, man. Yeah, and now he's fighting half it, like. Well, that has to fight Rafael Lovato Jr. Yeah. Uh. Uh, shout out to Santos, though, man. The man, man is just just winning. M- more proof, uh, you middleweighters, man. If middleweight ain't working out, why cut the one extra up. weight? Yeah, just just move on up, man. All the scary people yeah. are gone. The right. <laughs> you get to go and beat up old guys. And then, you know, eventually when you get to the top, you'll fight some talented guys. But, like, you just, just go beat up. It's fun. Just punch old guys. That's all yeah, you got to do. Santos is 35. Is he a tough dad? Mm-hmm. He's at that age. I mean, he, he's the yeah. guy who, who, who famously, after freaking almost... Was it Andrews? He, was it after he almost killed Eric Anders? That he he's like I love beating people up I love you son I can't wait to see you when I come home <laughs> like that that's the type of shit that uh, maybe maybe he is a tough dad <laughs> he is the toughest of dads well maybe not the yeah. toughest dad but he is the scariest dad yeah, yeah. he's like you don't, he's, you don't want his son to go like my dad can beat up your dad because he would actually do yeah, it yeah he can do it yeah you don't want it's him not that he him. could do it it's that he would do it. Right. Just because he can. And now you can, and now you gotta look at your dad funny because, you know, Santos just KO'd. Now, now you don't have a dad. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, your dad's not surviving one now of those. Now Santos is your dad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, now your mom has a new husband. Uh, it's it's a whole situation now. Yeah, he he's 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 definitely taking over the grill. Um. Yeah, that's 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 over with. But shout out to Santos, man. That was an awesome fight, awesome performance. All, all, always happy to see him get a win. Uh, moving on to the co-main event, um, another fight I was happy. I feel like I'm the only person who like really likes Stephen Truth. Um, uh, I just root for tall people. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I've I've always been a Struve fan. 
But uh, co-main event, uh, Stefan Struve versus Marcos Rosario de Lima. Uh, the start of this fight had me a little, little worried. Like, <laughs> the fight starts. Marcos closes distance in like two seconds and catches Struve with a right hand and drops him. And I'm like, oh boy, here we go again. Um, not much else happened in that first round. Like, Marcos got top control. Um... Tried some ground and pound. Not not really too eventful of a first round. Second round was, it almost looked the same. Like, Marcos managed to close distance again. I'm like, oh my god, here we go again. Um, they clinch on the cage. Struve, uh, when his, his 6'11 height, uh, catches uh, Rogério with a nice little sweep. Gets him down. Having Stefan Struve uh, hover over you cannot be a fun thing. Um, <laughs> like, when Struve... When he took Lima down and, like, just stepped over his guard like he was, like, like nothing. I don't want a 6'11 guy standing over me. Um, but, yeah, he he got over uh, De Lima's guard, kept going for an arm triangle. And at first, like, he was just trying to, you know, pry his leg through to, to get the position. Um, they had some kind of scramble. He got out, got half guard. And then just because Struve is just like ridiculously tall, he just kind of leaned into the triangle and just like, I saw Lima's head turning purple. <laughs> I was like, oh, he's got that. It's over. Um, so Struve went through some adversity and got a choke in the second round. Um, then afterwards, a little, little heartfelt moment. Um, he said he's not sure if this is his last fight, but it could be. Um, you know, he, he's had the whole heart situation. Um, and he said it seemed like this would be a good fight to end the note on. He's not sure, though. I guess, you know, got to reassess and all that. But he gave a nice little little, little tearjerker speech. Um, but, no, nah, good good win for him. I feel like it just... All of Struve wins, he, he can never have an easy win. It's not a Struve win if he doesn't have to go through some kind of trouble <laughs> to, to ultimately get the W. Yeah. yeah, Struve is a second-round fighter. Um, I don't have a lot to say about this. Like, I've been one of the people who's been saying watching Stefan Struve fight for these past five years has been really uncomfortable knowing that the dude had like open heart surgery to replace one of his heart valves, and like he came back and he passed out from the anxiety of like having to fight again. Like, yeah, it just. I'm 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 happy he didn't take any damage in this fight really except for that first. Well, I can't even say that because he got he said after the fight like he got flash KO'd in the first round. So I, I guess I'm like if this is the end I'm happy because you know he's going to retire in relatively good health. He said the heart is doing fine. Um, I don't he's still a young dude. Like I he he is only thirty one years old. Um, it just seems like he's been fighting for so long. He's been in the UFC for, since he was like what twenty one. Yeah, he he's yeah. Struve has, has been around the block for a while. He got to the UFC in two thousand and nine, so yeah, twenty twenty one years old. Way younger than any heavyweight should be signed to the UFC. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, he's he's been there. So I, I hope I hope for the best for him. Like yeah, life after fighting is not easy. Especially when you are 
what, seven feet tall. Yeah, it's like, what do you even... Like, do you, you can't... Like, you go get a desk job and... You know, you're, you're standing over your cubicle when you're sitting. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I don't know what he does afterwards. Um, but, yeah, definitely best of luck to him. Um, I've, I've, I've just always been a Strew fan. He, he's had some wild <laughs> comeback fights that have been entertaining to watch. And he's one of the few people who beat Stipe. Right. Um, yeah, I, I remember watching that fight. I did not believe he was going to pull that out, and he, he did. <laughs> um, but, no, yes, yeah, I, I enjoy watching Strew fight. I, I hope... I hope he, uh, like I said, I hope post-fight life treats him well uh, at only, you know, barely over 30. He's got plenty of life to, to still live. And uh, ho- hopefully his health, uh, you know, stays, stays good. So, shout out to Struve, man. If that's the last hoorah, um, I, I think that fight ended in, in very Struve-like fashion. So, definitely congrats to him, man, and, and best of luck in, in anything else he does. Uh, so, those are the main event and co-main event. Uh, moving on to the rest of the card. Uh, next fight. Oh, I'm going to butcher this name. Uh, probably not Michelle or Michael. Macau. Uh, Macau. Olix. Uh, Olix C. Probably butchered that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Versus John Vellante. Um, my first thought watching this fight was, boy, does McCall look like a 185 Yeah. You can um, tell because every time Volanta hit him, he completely just was shook. Yeah. Like, you look at their body compositions and, like, Volante was just so much, just more, way more body mass, just looked so much more thicker. And McCall just, yeah, like you said, when he got hit, he definitely felt it. But McCall definitely had the speed advantage. The man was on his bunnies the entire time, <laughs> bouncing around, getting in and out, picking shots. Um, I mean, I, I guess figuring, considering he had this size disadvantage, he, he fought a smart fight. He, he used what was to his advantage. I'm faster than you. You know, you probably hit way harder, but if I can get in and out and pick my spots, you know, that's my path to victory. And that's kind of just what he did. He, he bounced around for a little bit. He, he picked the shots. Um... He actually caught John with a nice body shot earlier and then caught him with another one. I think it was like a left hook to the it body. It was like right, and... like, so like, uh, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to remember the exact spot he hit him in. It was like lower, I think he, he threw the left, so it would have caught, it was like lower right liver is like yeah like but like the the spot it was like around it was like around the side of his um it was like right around the side of his rib cage like the the placement was gorgeous yeah and Volante had like we all seen it with body shots where it's just kind of like that split that like that two second delay and then they really feel it and then he just like he just dropped like, he didn't even try to fight back. He just dropped, and, you know, McCall followed up with the ground and pound, but probably didn't even need it, because that, that body shot just took him out. Um, no, I mean, great great performance from McCall. Like, you go in there, you fight a guy who's way bigger than you. <laughs> he managed to put him down, but I, I definitely would say, um, you know, if you can make 185, uh, go fight at 185, because... Um, yeah, that's not a 
that that size disadvantage. You're not going to be able to pull that off against everybody. I mean, it's like heavyweight. He might. He might, but uh, yeah. Why why take the damage? Yeah, because I think whenever you get knocked out, oh, it's going to be bad. Like, cause we, I mean, we make fun of the old guys, the, the tough dads, but they can still hit yeah. hard. Um, you know, I, I just imagine fighting a dude like OSP, who like as awkward as he is, can still hit like stupid hard. Um, but no, I mean, good, good performance on him. Um, get getting that W. Has he been in the UFC? I feel like I don't really. He fought El Clorandri. Okay. Oh, he got knocked. Out. Uh, actually, no. He went to get the decision, and they got overturned for some reason. I don't remember why. Uh, I'm assuming one of them was on drugs. <laughs> but, let me pull up the. Uh... Yeah, no contest. Unanimous decision of three rounds. Blah blah blah. Uh, it's not giving me. Like, it. You hear it went to decision, and you think Cleo Roundtree obviously lost. But I don't remember like the circumstances. It just says it ends in a no contest. Like, it's going to be super obvious when I find it. Okay, he did win over... Okay. Alex... Uh, Alex... Oh, my God. Olek. That's his name, though. Olek won the fight by decision over Roundtree, but it got overturned because he tested positive for a field drug test. During a field drug test. So. Well, either way, good good performance on him. Put, put Vellante down. But definitely go to middleweight, bro. Because... Uh, the, the tough dads are still heavy. They they can still throw some leather, and you might not be able to catch everybody with that body shot. Could could get nasty. But either, either way, good on him. Uh, moving on to women's flyweight. Uh, we had Liz Carmouche versus uh, Lucy Putalova. Don't remember a ton of this fight other than there was a lot of grappling. Um, Liz just was. Actually, you know what I'll say. They. They were going off for Pudalova, man. You would have thought she was like a three-time world champion. Like Czechoslovakia, (laughs) not Czechoslovakia, Czech Republic. Boy, they yeah, they they were they were really hyped for her. Um, I mean, she she tried to keep it on the feet, but Liz was able to work a just you know a lot of her grappling in. Wasn't really a ton of damage really being dealt. Pudalova would be a good five-round fighter because. Whenever it gets to like the end of the third round, she is just going hard as fuck trying to like murder the other girl. Like, remember what she did to Lena Landsberg? And, yeah. Yeah. And th- that's almost what she did to Liz Carmouche in the third the end of the third round. Where she's on top of her just throwing these like gorilla style ground and pound right. hammer fist. It's just the last the last ditch effort. You gotta you gotta empty the right. tank. <laughs> but yeah, Carmouche just controlled pretty much most of the fight. Um, she didn't really dish out a ton of damage. I think it was just kind of just, he just controlled the fight more. Like yeah, he, that's basically what it was. This was this Carmouche performance. Like I, I guess the all the exciting stuff was. Well, I, I, she did go for the um the 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 heel hook, but mo- most of it was Pudalova just. Um, what you call it? Most of it was just Pudalova, uh, 
trying to get guillotines in positions where she had no business trying to get guillotines um, and then trying to fight off her back yeah that's that's pretty much it not not a ton to really uh, write home about that fight but you know win is a win this- uh, now what? 3-0 at 2-0, 3-0, or 2-1 at flyweight? 2-1 at flyweight. Beating Jennifer Maya and now it was 2-0. Yeah, so. Not you, also, Alexis no. Davis. <laughs> flyweight continues to, to fill out, so congrats to uh, Carmouche on a solid win. Uh, moving on to a fight that I was really hyped to see. Pretty sure a lot of us were. Uh, Petter Jan versus John Dotson. Dotson comes in with the fro. Uh, didn't really help him uh, in this I, fight, though. I feel uh, so bad <laughs> for, like, the hairline, man. Oh, yes, yeah, it's, it's back. It's, On uh, top of his head. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> the hairline is definitely, uh, it's in a LeBron uh, state of mind. <laughs> it's, it's pushed back a good three, four inches. I don't know. As a bald man, I feel for him. <laughs> um, nah, man. Yan is something else, man. Um, like, a lot, a lot of people can't even really catch Dotson. Like, it's, it's hard sometimes even putting hands on him because he's just so small and so fast and mobile that he can just you know, kind of get around people, and boy, Jan put an end to all, like, the the pressure he was able to put on Dotson, just f- from the beginning to the very end of the fight, just, he was constantly in Dotson's face, walking him down to the cage, catching him with combinations, I can't think of many times I've seen Dotson take this many hits, and what was even wilder was in the second round where, um, Jan had... Uh, had Dotson backed against the cage. I think he, like, caught him with a right. Dotson countered him and actually knocked him down. And it's like, oh, snap, we got a fight here. You know, Dotson has his little moment. But when Jan gets back up, it's almost like that moment never happened. Right. Jan went right back to getting in his face and just continued to pummel this man. Like, he was catching him with some hard shots against the cage. Uh, and Dotson just could never get comfortable. He's complaining to the ref about, oh, he's pulling my hair. And he's also punching your face, and you need to do something about that, buddy. Okay, at that point, you know he's just not in the play anymore. Yeah, yeah. When you start looking to the ref for your outs, yeah, it's not a, that's not a good sign. Because, yeah, Jan, Jan really put it on Dotson. Um, I, I can't think of many times I've seen Dotson this get, is the best. Anybody, well, since like the, the the second DJ fight, this is the best anybody's ever looked against Dotson. Yeah, yeah. He he put all kinds of hands on Dotson. I, um, I get big um, what was it Volkanovski Mendez vibes from this fight, man. Just relentless, relentless pressure. Yeah. And, and, and freaking like such versatility too, because it wasn't just like with the hands; he was throwing elbows. Anytime they were getting close enough, he was hitting him with knees, body kicks. It's just, it's just like there, there was no space. Like 
You can see at the start of the third round, Dotson's like pacing his court. He's just like, there's no space. Like you could just see it being like just the fight, the will, of the fight being drained from his face. And then even when Dotson knocked him down, and he had that moment where when they were on the ground, Jan got like right yeah. back up. Like he was able to sweep and get like right back to his feet. Like no, nah, we're not having any of that. And that's a scary guy to deal with. Like. That's a guy who knows how good he is, and he's just trying to just end you. And it's, it's so skillful. Like, it's just... I, 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 I mean, yeah, Dotson's definitely his biggest win, but I'm, I, maybe I'm jumping the gun, but whatever. I'll stick my neck out there. Um, I think he... Jan's elite, man. I... I <laughs> My my eye test is telling me that Jan is elite. Oh, absolutely! Dude's um, only been fighting for yeah. like, what four years. Like he had a, tw- a fight in twenty thirteen, but I think it was just an odd fight he took because he wanted the money. Yeah, this this guy's elite, man. He he is, he's creme de la creme of this division. The I don't know if he has a uh, he's probably ranked though. He he was ranked, ranked fourteen, yeah, and now uh, he beat Dotson, who was ranked like ninth, I think, eighth or ninth. Yeah, he, he's a top 10 fighter, easily. So. Easily a top 10 fighter. Yeah. Um, no, I need them to inject Jan versus Lineker. Yeah. <laughs> directly into my brain. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the, that's the violence that we need. Because Jan don't back down, and we all know how Lineker gets down. Um. Yeah, that that's just a fight that needs to happen. Right. Like, I, I'm actually worried for one of them because I feel like that's the fight that's going to break one of the chins. Like, like for good. Yeah, somebody's going out. Somebody's probably not leaving that fight alive. Um, I feel like Jan is doing everything that I wanted Duke and Wall to do. <laughs> like, Jan came to the UFC and just like... Yeah. Performance after performance, like, oh my god, this guy's amazing. Right. And Duke and Wash is kind of... Like, yeah. He, he does not put it together in the same way Jan has. Yeah. Jan is just... He, he figured this out real quick. Um, and, yeah, like, he's really well-rounded. Like, you see a lot of, you know, you know, great with the striking, but grappling's on point, too. You, you know... Just don't really see it as often, but yeah, this 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 guy's gonna be fighting for a title at, at some point. I'm I'm pretty sure. Did they ever work out what they're doing with the family title? Yeah. Nah, yeah, that's enough. Like I, 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 this is why I pegged him to be breakout fighter of the year this year because I, he's going to tear through a lot of these guys. Like first up, Stotson. Um, when is the Lineker Sanhagen fight? That's in like April, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't want I don't want Jan to be on the the the, the what you call it for that long. So I said just get him back out there. Like, I think what's kind of scary about Jan is that like, but Lineker has a chance just because his power is so crazy. But Jan almost looks like one of those guys that like if you can't match his pressure. And if you're if you can't like knock him out, well, your path to victory is kind of like you. Like, how do you earn respect on him? Yeah, because he don't care. <laughs> like, 
he does not care at all. Um, but he's almost one of those guys, like, you have to, like, unless you got a crazy elite, like, wrestling or, like, jujitsu game and you can get him down and good luck on that. Um, or you just got some kind of, like, crazy power in your hands and, you know, you can catch him with one. Yeah, your your path to victory against John, man, that's that's a puzzle to be solved because, like you said, like if he if he doesn't if you can't gain his respect, you good luck. You're drowning out there. Like <laughs> you you are drowning out yeah, there. Yeah, and like like a guy like Dotson, or not Dotson, um, Lineker, um, was obviously not as technically polished as a uh, as Jan, but who you know is the same. I'm going to come forward and pressure and, you know, hit you with, like, a five-piece combination and there's nothing you can do to stop me. Like, there are ways to beat him in part because Lineker's not very quick. He, he's good at cutting people off. Like, he's not great. He's not particularly amazing at it, but he's good enough to the point where, like, he can land something on you as you try to escape, and that builds up over the course of a three- to five-round fight. Like, Jan... There was no, like, Dotson rarely ever got away from Jan in ways that Dotson was able to get away from Winokur in. You feel me? Like, like Jan is, not only is he good at cutting people off, he's quick with his feet. And that, that's just scary, like. I'll say, and if you think, if he fights Winokur, like, I know we're all imagining, like, you know, just them just throwing hands at each other. It's not like Jan can't grab right. It's not like Jan can't, you know, catch you with a one-two, and I'm just going to move in and take you down. Because we saw what TJ did to Lineker, how he was kind of able to just really mix the striking and the grappling together. Like, yeah, Jan could probably do I mean, that. Yeah, too. like, Douglas Silva de Andrade got his life ruins on the ground. When Jan got yeah. on top of him, he just kept throwing elbows. <laughs> so... Yeah, this this guy, man, he is. He, he he's the man is the goods. Yeah, he he's legit. He he is everything I wanted. Duke and Wa and Almeida. <laughs> he, he did everything I wanted them to do. But um, nah, man, yeah, Yan Yan is something else, man. That that guy is. Look out! Look out, man. He's he's coming. He he's gunning for who? And they said in commentary like. He he's not looking at all these other guys. The only guys he care about are Marais, Cruz, TJ, and I forgot it was like one other name he mentioned. But um, uh, yeah, TJ, Marais, and Cruz. Yeah, he, he's gunning for the elite. Basically, he's not worried about the rest. Uh, of the like you, and you like that type of confidence, man. Like it, it's not like bravado. It's like I'm here because I'm great, and I want to beat everybody in front of me who is great. And that is what you want to see. I mean, he fights like it. <laughs> so, who, who who am I to say otherwise? But um, nah, man. If there's if there's one fight you go back and rewatch, other than the main event, def, definitely go watch Jan, man. This this guy is he he's he's something special. Um, but that was that fight. Jan uh beat Dotson via unanimous decision. And the last fight on the main card. Uh, Magomed Ankaliev versus uh, Klitson Abreu. Um, I don't remember much of this fight. 
like a- after Abreu gets his nose <laughs> yeah. turned into uh, like a right angle. Yeah, his nose. Uh, I like that one gif where the lady's looking at all the math symbols. That's <laughs> what his nose. <laughs> his nose was some of those math symbols. It shaped into some other. It, it completely shifted to another shape that noses should not be doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. He he caught he caught a Bray with he caught him with a couple that times. Uppercut like, as a Bray was trying to close the distance. Yeah. And he yeah he caught him with that a couple times and he completely just shifted a Bray's nose. I just remember. I remember thinking during this fight that um like Ankalief had a solid performance. But I almost felt like he could have did more. Oh, yeah. Like, by the end of it, he seems like he was hardly tired. Yeah. Because he was, like, clearly winning the fight. And Abreu was, you know, he was trying his hardest. He was trying to close distance, trying to work the grappling. And then, like, even the few times he got Ankalieve down, he couldn't really do much. Um, but Ankalieve, to me, seemed like he kind of, like, he got that, he got those uppercuts in and he just kind of coasted. Yeah. And I felt like he could have, he could have put it on Abreu a little more. Um, but... And I don't know. You shift the guy's nose. I guess what else you need to do? <laughs> maybe maybe he didn't want to kill the man. Um, but yeah, Uncle Lee pretty much cruised to a unanimous decision. Maybe uh, maybe it's the jujitsu thing. Like, okay, this guy's really good at jujitsu, and my only loss came at the last second of a fight where I put myself in a triangle. So like, why why am I, why 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 risk it all? You know? Yeah, and I I get it. I get it. Um, it, it was you know solid, solid performance nonetheless. Didn't realize it was that catchphrase. Uh, Abreu. Okay. I didn't want to say Abreu and body shame because I was gonna say judging by how they both looked, I would guess Abreu was the one who yeah. missed weight. Oh, fair. He took the fight. But, like, uh, 12, like, well, no, he had months or something of the wrong fight. Um, yeah, no, like Abreu, like he, I mean, it's pretty obvious. Like he, he could cut more. He, between the two, he was the one who 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 could who could stand to cut more weight. Yeah. But uh, solid, solid win from Anka Leaf. Like I said, not not much to write home about in this fight other than a break getting his nose shifted to the other side. Um, so that was the main card. Um, pretty good main card. Three decisions and then three finishes. So, well well balanced, <laughs> I, I guess you could say. But uh, great great performances from Jan. Obviously, great performance from Santos. Uh, good comeback win from Struve. So, pretty pretty decent main card. Go go back. If you have ESPN Plus, you can go back and watch these cards on the site. They have all of them up. Um, so, go back and watch their crystal clear stream. <laughs> but uh, moving on to the uh, prelims, which were on ESPN2. Um, got Dwight Grant versus uh, Carlo Petrosali Jr. I like Petrosali, but... Boy, oh boy, did he catch one for the ages. Um, actually, you know what? First thing I noticed about this fight on a non-fight-related like fight related note, like, Dwight Grant has that old man face. Like, <laughs> Dwight Grant looked like he was transplanted from, like, the 1950s. Um, and he has, like, that old man hairline. He is, like, 35, though, I think. Maybe that's that it. Is that I don't know. Nah, oh, Grant. Yeah. What is Grant? I think I feel like he's like thirty something. He's like mid thirties. Damn, I thought he was like a pro, like a young pro. No, he's thirty four. Good God. 
Yeah, he's got the old. He's he he has the old man aesthetic. He's got the old man hairline. He has that old man face. He looks like he's been around the block a couple times. <laughs> but um, you know, pr- pretty pretty entertaining fight. Um, See, I don't remember much before Pegasoli got smolted. It was a lot of. It was really weird because if you look at like. If you look at how the fight played out, like, Perisali looked to be, like, the more fluid, more loose. Grant, to me, I don't know, he just, he moves kind of awkward to me. Or, like, his, his, I don't know, there was something weird about just the way his strikes were thrown. Like, he seemed kind of loopy, kind of slow. I don't know, it just seemed like something was off about his striking. Uh, And Perisali was out there kind of having fun. But after, you know, a decent scrap, and to be honest, like, there wasn't much to remember before the KO, because not like anybody was landing anything really crazy. Um, but yeah, the, the KO, Pedersali uh, was going for a head kick, and at the same time, <laughs> Dwight Grant launches a, a right hand, and <laughs> Pedersali is, like, in motion of the head kick and gets cracked with the right hand. His mouthpiece does, like, a straight nose dive. No, I can't even say that. It it got slingshotted out of his mouth and just flew to the other side of the cage. He face plants in head kick motion and then eats ground and pound and literally gets stopped with one second left in the round. Um, and I can't complain about the stoppage because he was not responding. Like, he ate all of those ground and pound strikes pretty fresh and I don't... Yeah, I'm not going to complain about this stoppage. He He was out. Yeah, no, he 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 was done. Um, that's why you don't throw naked freaking kicks, especially when you're in range like that. Cause that that was just a textbook uh, high head kick counter. Um, uh, the only thing I remember about Dwight Grant is his fight with Zach Otto was so bleh that we refused to talk about it. <laughs> And I mean, to be honest, he didn't have many moments in the round um, prior before. Yeah, before this. So this could have easily been another one of those fights where, yeah, it could have been kind of bled on his end. But, you know, he, he managed to capitalize on the moment. So, but hey, man, it's the fight game, you know, it ain't it ain't over till it's over. And boy, boy, was this one over. So, um. Guess you know. Shout out to Dwight Grant. You want a highlight? Um, that's that's a good highlight to have. That's a pretty nasty KO. Can't think of many times I've seen a mouthpiece fly that far. <laughs> like, so good, good on him. Um, so he won by KO, uh, TKO in the first round with only one second left to go. Uh, moving down the card, we got Chris Fishgold uh, versus Daniel Tamor. Uh, who did Fishgold come in at late notice to fight last time? Can't oh remember. God, what's his name? Um, because it was a, he he had like a decent showing, but you know could couldn't pull it out. Calvin Cater was. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he he came. I think he came over from Bama. I want to say Cage Warriors um, on his last out. Cage Warriors, yeah. Came came in on late notice. You know, tough tough fight to fight Cater on short notice, but um. No, he, come, he comes back in this fight, you know, uh, against Tamor. Um, good fight, man. This was actually pretty entertaining to watch. Uh, Fish Gold out the gate 
we're not doing none of this kickboxing nonsense. <laughs> he, he's rushing straight in for takedowns. Um, the first round was just really fun because there were just a lot of scrambles and Fishgold really trying to assert his grappling. Uh, but Tamor was, you know, holding his own, getting out of bad spots. He landed some good uh, ground and pound on, on Fishgold. Uh, Fishgold had a nice flurry also. Um, so it, it was a fun fight. You could clearly see what Fishgold's game plan was. And it was just kind of fun watching him just relentlessly go for it. And then in the uh, second round, he got Tamor down. Um, got him. I think got him down pretty early in the round, and then ended up getting a, a rear naked choke. But no, nah, this, this was a fun. I, I thought it was a pretty fun scrap. Uh, Fishgold was really just going full head of steam the entire time, just trying to work the ground game, and eventually got it and got his first uh, UFC win. Yeah, um, I think we learned that like the Tamor brothers, like if you just give them no space, they kind of just their offense just kind of shuts down. Because this is what happened with David. Um, that's his name, right? David, the other one. The David or Daniel? This oh, no, Daniel, the other yeah, one's David, yeah, and he yeah, David. got absolutely deep hands fighting uh, Charles Oliveira. Um, you know, props to Fisco, just absolute, like like. We're talking about dudes like Peter Young, like Fishgold was just kind of like that, just re- relentless pursuit of like the inside. Even tagged Tamor a couple times real good in the first round. Um, even after while chasing takedowns, so solid performance. Um, yeah, you know you can tell this man a lot to him. Like, he's a dude who's been like grinding on the uh, real circuit. Like you don't see a lot of guys go eighteen and zero before getting to UFC nowadays. Or eighteen and one, but you know that's fish gold. Yeah, racking up them uh, regional wins, transferring over. So another fun featherweight, and a division full of <laughs> other fun featherweights. So shouts to fish gold getting his uh, first W. Um, I warn you guys: the more deeper we get into these prelims, the less my memory is gonna help me out. So. <laughs> Forgive me, but uh, moving down flyweight division, uh, we got Jillian Robertson versus Veronica Macedo. Um, this was in vain, kind of similar to Fish Gold in a way. Like with Fish Gold, you knew exactly what he was trying to do, and with Jillian, we knew what she was trying to do. When the fight was on the feet, she was like, "No, I don't want that. We're just gonna go to the ground, and I'm gonna try to figure this out." Um, I don't remember this fight in a ton of specific detail. I just remember when it was on the feet. Clearly, Mercedes was just faster, more technical, just better on the feet overall. It wasn't really close, but, you know, Jillian pretty slick on the ground um, and just kept really <laughs> pushing to, to to work her grappling in. And then she finally got it in the second round. She got, um, can't remember if this was a fight. Mercedes just kind of gave up her back. Might be thinking of another fight, but, um, yeah, Jillian just kept working to to get the submission, and she finally got in the second round, got a rear naked choke, and uh, got got the W. Yeah, like Robertson seems to understand what her game is. Like, um, it, it is find a way to bring fight to ground and then get, chase submission a hundred and ten percent of in, like with a hundred and ten percent intensity. Uh, I can respect that. Yeah, like you know, between her and Montana, uh, was it Montana De La Rosa? There seems to be a, a group of very aggressive 
So BJJ art is just uh, submission art is just like finding a home at one twenty five. I I like that. Um, Maceto, um, I I was really excited to see her fight again after uh, the Ashley Evans Smith fight in which like she lost clearly because she was just way too small. But she was still like out there, like kick, uh, landing some nice kicks and strikes on the feet. Then she went out and fought Andrea Lee and just got taken down repeatedly. And then in this fight again, just taken down with no signs of like resistance. Um, and it just becomes clear that the the Evan Smith fight was in part because Evan Smith is just kind of really awkward and really slow. Um. Yeah, no, like, Macedo's scrappy. She's only 23 years old. She's only been doing this for a couple of years. Like, she she still has room to grow. Um, she you know, she trains out of the MMA factory in Paris. Like, you'd like to see her go to maybe a different gym, try to pick up some of those skills that she's missing. But she's just not... She's not just... She's not where she needs to be to be in the UFC, like... Maybe she goes to Combate, maybe she goes to Invicta, but, like, she's obviously somebody who needs a lot more seasoning. Like, Robertson needs to learn how to strike, needs to learn how to wrestle a little bit better, but she has a game that's built for her to get wins over women who don't know what they're doing, like Emily Whitmire, Molly McCann, and Veronica Macedo, and, like, um, and that's going to get her wins, like, like jujitsu at the lowest levels of MMA is kind of your um your what you call it? I, I guess you call it your gatekeeper. Like if you go to any regional promotion and you watch a few fights, like it becomes pretty clear there are two types of fighters who win fights at uh, the regional scene. Do like dudes who are super athletic. Or guys who are just really good at jiu-jitsu. Like, it still reigns king if you're able to get the other person down and just you're you're just better at uh, grappling. And you, you saw a little bit of that here. Uh, yeah, it, it might not do Macedo bad to... I mean, I, you don't want to see anybody get cut, but, you know. But, but like, this is her third straight go, loss in three fights in the UFC. Like, yeah. what... Yeah, go 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 to a yeah, like I said, a combates. Go to a, a LFA, some some organization in that vein. Rack up a couple of wins, just to get some more experience, and then you know we'll we'll see you back in like a a, a year or two, and then see where you are. Um, but I'm glad you did mention combates because I have a shout out to give at the end, and I would not have remembered it if you didn't say that. Um, but nah, shout outs to uh, Jillian Robinson. Her and the red hair got it done. Alright, so these next, like, four fights, <laughs> I, like, rewatched them all, like, three times and still don't remember them, <laughs> but I'm gonna try my hardest. Uh, next fight, uh, Demir Hadzovic and uh, Marco Polo Reyes, um, yeah, I, I, I don't remember the uh, specifics of this yeah. fight, all I remember is the finish where, um, Demir got Reyes down and started landing ground and pound, and then, like, he pinned his arm and then just started beating yeah. on him. And I was like, ouch. <laughs> that was basically it. <laughs> that looks... Like, yeah, like... Yeah, that looked kind of uncomfortable. Yeah, I had to, like, like, halfway through the first round, realize, uh, like, I guess it was part of his game plan, uh, get 
Reyes thinking about striking and then just take him down because Reyes is a really bad grappler. Um, took him down the first, towards the end of the round, took him down the second. Um, and almost immediately got mount. Like, he had a trip takedown and just immediately was in mount. Which is not what you want to see. Um, and they're just smart fight from Hadzovic. Uh, had it had the path of least resistance available to him and took it. Uh, yeah. He's now like what three and two in the UFC. Also, Tyson Malgoff to Patrick beat held Hine and now Reyes. Yep, he's at three and two in the UFC. Oh, I wonder if he ever graduates from like European cards. Yeah, I don't know, man. It hurts being a lightweight. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it just hurts being a lightweight. <laughs> that's, that's the moral of that story. <laughs> to quickly backtrack to the main event, uh, uh, Sky on uh, Twitter, Costas Font, how you mentioned uh, Jan just blitzed Tiago with a straight line. So he posted a gif of the KO and literally just drew a straight line. And Jan heads just like never moves. It's <laughs> 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 he, <laughs> he, a gif, and it's just a straight line of Jan blitzing forward, and Jan's head never moves off the line. Nope. Like it just stays there. <laughs> oh man! But um, <laughs> that was kind of funny. But uh, moving on to the next fight, uh, Ismail Nardiv and Michelle Prezeris. Um. I believe this was Nardiv's uh, UFC debut. Um, He's the one who came in. I guess what? Mr. Austrian Wonder Boy, I believe his nickname is. Well, for that short notice and to be a debut, not not too shabby. Um, Pizarus, no, the, the the little tank, uh, the the big engine that could. <laughs> Into this fight on an eight fight winning streak. Yeah, kind of got shut down. Um. Michelle couldn't really get a ton off. Like, he was trying to, like, work his grappling. But I felt like all Michelle did this fight was, like, survive. But, like, he didn't. Because he got rocked in the first round. Yeah. Yeah, he got caught with, a, he got caught with like, a knee. Um, and ate some strikes after that. And I felt like the fight for him pretty much, like, went downhill after that. Um, and just. I was I mean, like, like I didn't know like I knew Nardiev had the reputation of like being this flashy striker, but I didn't know he was like a Austrian national team wrestler. So like seeing him just like sweep Brazilians repeatedly and then reverse takedowns and get on top was kind of, was kind of just weird because like you're not expecting yeah. that from a dude who looks like he comes from like a Taekwondo background. Yeah, and Michelle had no. <laughs> Once the takedowns weren't working, I think Michelle was just kind of—he was just kind of stuck. Like at at that point, it was just let me just survive this fight and not catch another knee to my face. Right. But there was really not really a path to victory. Like for him. The, the thing that saved him probably from being stopped is that he, Nardiev was just as tired as he was. Yeah. You can tell like halfway <laughs> through the second round that he was gassed. Yeah, he was throwing kicks, and he was just looked real heavy out there. He was he was looking kind of like, oh, I got this this little this little stubby guy is not <laughs> he's not going away. He keeps he keeps moving forward, but um, no, nah, you know, solid, solid debut. I can't remember the odds, but I think he was an underdog. Oh, absolutely, yeah. 
Yeah. So, I mean, good, good on him. You come in 11 days, and you're the underdog, and you still get the W. Um, and only so, 22 years old. Hard, good size for Walker, too. Seems, uh, seems pretty sturdy. Um, so, shout-out to Nardi. That was a good win. Uh, moving down the card, Carlos Diego Ferreira and Rustam Kabalov. My first thought of this fight was like, remember when Kabalov was like ranked? You remember when he main evented against Benson Henderson? Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> he was like a big deal at one point. Lightweight was so... Lightweight was still crazy talented back then, even more so now, but... Yeah, I just, I just had a flashback. Like, it's kind of wild how, like, Kabalov at one point was that dude, and now he's... I mean, we're, we're, so, we're not talking that far off, either, because, like, like, after that fight, he lost to Adriano Martins in the fight he arguably should have won, because it went to split decision, and he rattles off, like, six straight wins in a row. God. And now he, and now he just lost to Carl Diego Ferreira. Lightweight is yeah. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 like I said, I don't remember this fight in a ton of detail, but most, mostly what I took away from this fight was, like, we, we all know Koblov's game. He's a really good grappler, and he couldn't really... The the way I think he's accustomed to kind of throwing guys around, he couldn't really do with Ferreira. Yeah, like, Ferreira did an amazing job of um, just getting up any time Koblov tried to do anything. Like at one point he gets um a reverse crucifix on a That was slick. Yeah, like on a cabo yeah. takedown and he's just able to ride him out. And tries to go for a submission. Like a rear naked choke. This is great. Like at one point Kabalov took him down and he literally while well, using the momentum from the takedown runs up the side of the cage and then just stands up. Matter of fact, I think he had like two Grammy rolls in this fight. Yeah, he Ferrell was doing a lot of slick. It was a lot of slick stuff he was he was doing. Yeah, we're not fight. even talking about and, the stuff he was doing on the feet, where like yeah. this volume and refusing to let Kabalov like, I guess readjust. Um, just like really, sol- like, this is pro- this is his best performance. Like he he's not he's been knocking dudes out lately, but like I think this is the most. All together, his game has looked, and that was definitely like in my eyes his best performance. Just sucks that um, yeah. he missed weight. Came in at one fifty-seven. Well, hopefully, you know, hopefully that's just like a one-time, one-time thing. Cause like he, he's another. Um, I, I don't know how far he could go up the lightweight ladder, but just another talented, fun guy, who probably give you solid performances night in night out um but not like being able to hold your own against kabbalah grappling i, I think is, is something of, of note um so yeah the good, really good performance on him he uh got a unanimous decision over kabbalah so shout outs to uh carlos ferreira and the last fight which honestly i do not remember at all <laughs> demir Ismagulov uh, defeated Joel Alvarez via unanimous decision. But I don't really remember this fight. My impressions from this fight was, why is Joel Alvarez... Like, he was punching down. Like, with his jab. So his head was just straight up in the air. And Demir would, like, faint. And Alvarez would bite it and, like, kind of throw that down jab. 
And then Demir would just come over the top with, like, the only two punches he threw, which were an overhand right and a left hook. And he would land, and he, if, if he kept going or if he was a little bit more aggressive, he probably could have got Alvarez out of there. But for whatever reason, he was just content to, like, do this, like, soft kickboxing match. Um, but he had Alvarez biting on everything he fainted. Uh, but yeah, a win's a win, I guess. So, yeah, yeah. whatever, whatever gets the job done. Uh, so yep, the mere won uh, via unanimous decision, and that was the card. Um, <laughs> that was UFC Prague. Um, you know, I feel like we say this about a few cards. You know, that not really a ton in terms of like star power, but a solid. Diego Santos is the uh, biggest star in the industry. How dare you? I mean, he's like the only one on the <laughs> card. No. <laughs> Everybody else is just... Yeah, 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 I get it. You guys don't have hammers on your chest, so... <laughs> but, um, nah, like, it's solid night of fights. Not not the best card in the world, but, you know, hey, man, you got a free evening. Go on ESPN+, Plus. go rewatch. Um, still still fights worth of note. You know, Fishgold and, and Taymor was, was pretty fun. Um... Obviously, Petty Jan, amazing performance. Um, even the John Vellante fight, just to watch the, the finish, the, the body shot, and obviously the main event, which ended in just devastating fashion. And if you're a Struve fan, you know, got to see a nice comeback win. And if that's his retirement, you know, he ends on a good note. So still still things worth of note on this card. But, you know, solid night throughout. If you, if you got time, if you have ESPN+, Plus, like I said, you can go on. ESPN Plus, they have all the fights posted, um, so you can just go back and watch the stream. Um, you know, maybe just go back and watch the fight as you wanted to see, but de- decent night. And then go fight. watch Jan versus um, Dotson in the main event. Yeah, that was, yeah, definitely, if nothing else, go watch those two, and then maybe Fish Gold Tamor, everything else, you know, if you're interested, check it out. If not, you're not missing out on anything too crazy. Um, but, you know, Solid, solid, solid night of fights. It is it is what it is. So, that was uh, UFC Prague. Um, so, shout-outs to everybody who won. Some some good performances, worth of note. And, um, I guess real quick, upcoming, man, next week, we got, we got the big one. UFC 235, John Jones versus Anthony Smith. Is that the point out how comical the main event is? Not because of, like, who's involved. But only because if you read the, 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 the title of the event, it's UFC 235, Jones vs. Smith. And I'm just like, damn, those names sound like placeholders. Right. <laughs> this sounds like a regional. Like. <laughs> this sounds like we just got like the two most common names and suck up to, like Anthony Smith, John Jones. John Jones. Like, this is definitely the target manager versus the Walmart. Exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> but, man, I still got to do my write-up for this card. You got lots to write about. It's a great card, yeah. top to bottom. Yeah, it is. It is, man. Um, I actually took off of work. For, what's crazy is I took off work for this card, even though I got off at the <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. you, you, need to, you need to make sure you sleep in so you got the energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I just, I think I just wanted to like, on Friday when I get off, I just want to be able to really chill out and relax. And Saturday morning, I can, you know, do my research or just 
I mean, figure, fig, figure right, my date like, Freaking Zabit Magomed Sharapov and Jeremy Stevens is justifiably not even on the main card. Like that, and that's a yeah, great fight. Like, just to go through this card, man. Like I, I, I took off for this, and to be honest, as much as we talked about uh, the Holloway and Poirier, I might, take, I might take off for that one too. But um, just to go through the the fights on this card, man. You got obviously Jones versus Smith, Woodley versus Usman, Robbie Lawler versus Ben Askren, who's making his debut. Tisha Torres versus Weili Zhang, who if she wins, she's pretty much that, uh, I would say, like that next person at um, at strawweight. Um, Garbrandt versus Munoz, like you said. Magomed Sharapov versus Jamie Stevens. Johnny Walker coming in on short notice against Misha Serkinov. Um, Alejandro Perez versus Cody Stamen. Mickey Gall versus Diego Sanchez. You, you got to take the good with the bad. You get, um, Edmund, you get Edmund's <laughs> boy. Oh, Ed, Ed, Edmund, how you say that? Uh, Shabazian. That, Shabazian that, versus Charles Bird. That's Edmund Tarverdian's protege right there. Oh, team team Glendale. Come, coming in at 8-0. Macy Chiasson, she's fighting again against Gene Mazzani. Frankie Sainz versus Marlon Vera. And uh, Poliana Viana versus Hannah Cyphers. Snif- uh, like, this is a really good card. Like the only two fights on this card that I do not like are the Diego sanchez Miguel fights and the Edmund Shabazian fight because he's boring. <laughs> and, I've, I've never seen, so I, I can't uh, confirm. Who did he fight in his debut? Like He fought... It was like the worst fight on the card. Um, Darren Stewart at the Tough 28 finale. I don't even remember this. You, you wouldn't, because it was bad. <laughs> I do not remember that fight at all. But, and he was only contending. Yeah, but those are the only two fights that you could probably you can go t- take a smoke break or something. Yeah, go go refill the chips and bathroom break, all that good stuff. But no, nah, like the rest of this card, man. Like, I, I know Jones has had his issues, but bro, this card is fire. Like, this <laughs> There is so much heat on this card. I, I will say, though, um, I feel like there is potential of letdowns for Lawler Askren and Woodley Usman. On paper, they sound really awesome, but I feel like there is a chance these fights might not be, like, super exciting. But, but, you know but either way, I'm just I'm interested to see how they all just... You know what? Out. Now you bring it up, I'm, I'm put myself out there. I am a Tyron Woodley defender, damn it. <laughs> dude gets shit for boring fights where like he oh my god like the, the the maya fight where he tears his labrum in this power hand in the first uh, his power shoulder in the first round and people are mad he doesn't you know freaking finish damian maya or when he fought kelvin gaslam and he broke his foot in the first round and like i'm not talking about like he broke like a toe like he broke like if you go back and you look at the x-rays i just saw them yesterday he broke like um Three of the connecting bones for like three of his feet, uh, like three of his toes. Like I, I, I am awful at anatomy, so I, you, I could not tell you what they are, but they were literally just snapped. So like, oh, I respect Woodley. Like I, I think he is more fun than people give him credit for, especially when he's healthy. I think Usman coming forward because like that's the only way Usman knows how to fight. Will provide opportunities for Willie to hit him as hard as he can in the face. The only question is, does Usman continue to look like on the forward after he gets cracked, 
or is he able to or does he fall off or does he adapt and just like it's it turns into a 25 minute clinch fest uh, that, that interests me yeah, we'll, we'll, but we'll see. I, I will admit um, having Jones, Woodley, and Askren back to back to back. I mean, like we we've seen John Jones be tentative with people he doesn't have reason before, like uh, the OSP fight. So that that has me kind of worried. Like, okay, what if he just toys with Smith for twenty five minutes? I'm all for it. <laughs> yeah. but, like after like Tyron Woodley and Usman goes 25 minutes, and after Ben Askren spends 15 minutes trying to get something done against Robbie Lawler. Yeah, it might. It could. It could be exhausting. Yeah. It could be, but you never know, man. This this sport's kind of wild, so we never. So know what you're what telling me is Anthony Smith's going to be champion on March third. <laughs> hey, man. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I if need it does, all the chaos. Damn it. <laughs> like bro Anthony Smith could just go out there and just like empty the tank in the first and we're, ta- uh, we're talking about we were talking about like a couple uh, a couple weeks ago I guess um, with Marlon Moraes murdering freaking Rafael Santa like what if Pedro Munoz just goes out there and does a damn thing against Garbrandt I think he can man. Hey, he like, can, yeah he can if Garbrandt hangs in the pocket with him dude like Munoz hits hard and he is one of the best at getting that guillotine going. Like, yeah. if he if he does something, like, if he catches him, like, where does Munoz go? Because he's, like, the third or fourth person in the title talk with uh, TJ Dillashaw. Yeah, I, Garbrandt's going to need to be... He needs to fight a, a smart fight that Bro. fight. Like, don't, don't come in and just try to throw crazy hands and... You know, don't don't take the risk, man. Just just fight a smart like the way he did against Cruz. To me, that was a really right. smart fight. Um, albeit Cruz, you don't really have to worry about KO power. Yeah, but... even then, like it was a close fight. Like it was like it was three rounds to two on the scorecards. I think one judge gave or one or two judges gave him uh the forty nine forty seven, uh not forty nine forty seven uh forty eight forty six because he got a ten eight in there, but like Cruz won two of those rounds. So like even then like if if he lets Munoz hang around longer than he needs to, dude, like Munoz is a really good finisher and hell dangerous. Yeah, there, like there are gonna be a lot of storylines from this card because you know Jones is just always a story. Uh, Woodley seems to be always a story, whether it be positive or negative. We'll get to see what Aspirin can finally bring. Willie um, Zhang, China's wait, first. Yeah. Pro- Potentially China's first uh, UFC title challenger. Zabit right. Magomed Sharapov. Is he for real? Johnny Walker. You're like, yeah, no, this is this is a really good card. Yeah, this 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 next podcast is gonna be fun. This <laughs> this card, no matter who wins or who loses, this is gonna be fun to yeah, talk about. We need about. to get the we need to send up the bat signal, bro. Or the the the, the stog signal. And, yeah, and the yeah. Joey signal. Might, yeah, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna need backup because this this is gonna be this is gonna be something. This is gonna be something. We're hyping it up um, so much it's just all the fights good. Right. <laughs> it's gonna end up like that one the Redoom card. That <laughs> every fight goes to decision, but like one. <laughs> oh man, but um, nah, man. U UFC two thirty five. This is going to be fire. Um, so. You know, we'll definitely be here talking about it. I might actually drop the 60 or 70, how much this ever costs. 
So that, I'm really, really, really looking forward to this. Um, but that's UFC 235. That'll be uh, next week on March 2nd. So you guys definitely be sure to uh, tune into that because that's just going to be all kinds of fun. But uh, that's uh, pretty much all we got uh, for today's episode. So as always, we will close out with our parting shots and shout outs, which I actually did my due diligence and uh, wrote mine down this time. Uh, so uh, my shout outs, I'll start off with um, just to reiterate, man, shout out to Stefan Struve. Um, you know, if that's the end of the career, man, just best of luck. I've been a fan. He gave me the Stipe win. He gave me, I, I cannot remember the other guy he fought with. His face was, like, bloody, like, the entire fight, and he came back and won. Was it the, um, uh, what fight was that? Pat Berry? No. No, um, God, now, now I'm going to have to Google this. I know what you're talking about, too. God, this, this is going to bother me. Um, was it was was it Lovar Johnson? No, it was a. I'll say it's a white dude, but that does not really narrow right. it out. <laughs> I'm not gonna say the guy was a no name, but it was. Uh, was it Christian Moore? No, was it Sean? Was it Sean McCorkle or Christian Moorcraft? It was one of these two. I think it was McCorkle. It was either the Sean McCorkle or Christian Moorcraft. It was one of those fights where, like, he was getting bloodied up. It was looking kind of wild. And he, like, came back and, and won. And his face was all bloody. And he was screaming around the cage. And blood was pouring from his nose. It was a good time. Um, but, no, just shout-out to Stefan Struve. Um, you know, best of luck in retirement if this is the last go-around. Um, also, shout-out to Road FC. They had a million-dollar lightweight uh, tournament. And their final was, I guess, sometime this weekend. Uh, the winner was Mansoor Vana, uh, and he won via knee KO. It was actually pretty dope. Uh, he flatlined the guy. I don't know the other gentleman's name who caught the knee, but uh, uh, Mansoor won a million dollars. So shout-outs to you and your million. Don't spend it all in one place. Oh, you took mine. <laughs> oh, Thief. <sorry>. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh... Shout-outs to Zoila Frost, though, who I didn't know up until, like, yesterday uh, fought. She was in Combate of 31, Mexico versus USA. And she hasn't fought since 2016. So it's been three years. She came back uh, this weekend, and she won via TKO. Um, and I read uh, she's fighting at Flyweight now. Um I read I read a little article on her. She's 35 years old, but she feels like flyweight is the perfect um, division for her. Well, yeah, like I remember her trying to cut to like strawweight years ago when she was fighting in Bellator, and she looked awful. Yeah, so she said she feels like this is you know this is the perfect time for a comeback. You know, flyweight's a division that's you know on the rise, and you know she feels like she can you know she still got more in the tank. So shout outs to her coming back. Uh, Shout out to everybody who bought my book. Got me another five-star review on Amazon yeah. by the Alba Chronicles for either 99 cents if you want the digital, 8.99 if you want the uh, paperback. So thank you to everybody who's been reading and leaving me feedback. Greatly appreciate it. And my parting shot, man. Shot at everybody uh, who's been trolling the Captain Marvel reviews who are leaving negative reviews before the movie even comes out. Um... I don't know, like, y'all just got way too much time on your hands. 
like, I think the movie's at like a 43%, because stupid people have been going in there leaving reviews. Um, I think they were mad. Uh, what's the actress's name? I can't remember her name. Who's playing Brie Larson? Marvel. Yeah. Um, people were mad at her for something she said, and I think that's the reason why they're like going out and leaving negative reviews. But like, come on, man! Like y'all are y'all. Are and the same crush. people who are leaving the negative reviews are the same people who left the negative reviews for like the 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 Force Awakens and the Last Jedi. Like they're the same I'll crowd. Do. Yeah. Well, I. You know, I'll keep my last Jedi comments to myself. <laughs> but no, point being, like, it, it's one thing to not like a movie because, like, you didn't think it was a good movie. But this ain't even out yet. So it's like, come on, man. Like, y'all are just, y'all are doing too much. But then at the end of the day, it don't matter because they said the movie's probably on pace to already make, like, 120 mil opening weekend. Uh, I think around the same uh, figures as, like, Wonder Woman did could possibly surpass it. So... You know, your hate isn't really doing anything because this movie's still gonna make crazy money, but like y'all are just doing too much. So, pardon shots to y'all. Go, go do something productive with your life. Go, go log off the internet for once, and I don't know. Go do something. Go be somebody. <laughs> but um, that's uh, that's all I got for my parting shots and shoutouts. Um, since you mentioned them, hi, uh, Marvel, Hayabusa, um. Came out with a like a line of like Marvel gloves, and uh, for the most part, like they look pretty good. But I really like the Captain Marvel gloves that um that 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 they designed for them. I don't know if you've seen them. Uh, oh, I didn't know they had a whole line. I only. Saw oh yeah, no, they get they have the Captain America, the Punisher, Black Panther, uh, and Iron Man. No Hulk gloves, which seems know. like a waste of like it seems poorly. Oh, that might be like a. A, a studio thing. Now I think about it, but they, that, that they should they, like. I feel like the Hulk glove should have been like the immediate, like, oh yeah, we can totally do that. Jesus, these joints are two hundred and thirty. Yeah, no, they're really cool, <laughs> but they are hella expensive, and they're probably not all that durable, to be honest. Um, but that's one of my shadows because those look really cool. Um. Shout-outs to Siniesa Estrada, who fought on the, uh, was it the Rios Soto undercard last night? Or Friday, or whatever. Um, she picked up a win. She's now, like, 16-0. and 0. Um, you know, so props to her. And shout-outs to YouTuber, uh, Kawami Japan. Who, I think I shout-out on the show before. Um, just shout-out, because I, I love his videos. They're literally just him making knives out of random things like he made a knife out of um like smoke from a candle yeah what it's amazing but uh, i'll send you the video freaking it's it's amazing like he was just like kind of wizardry is this <laughs> all right uh smoke knife Ah, these Punisher gloves are nice. I'm looking at all of uh, the Marvel gloves. They also have like a Punisher gi, I think. If one of y'all could uh, drop, uh, you know, we have to start the Dojo Talk podcast uh, crowdfund. Oh, they got shorts. Sure. Oh man. Oh, the gi is. Oh, this is nice. I mean, I can't wear a gi. I'm not. You know. 
being a martial artist. I'd be out here being a fraud. Hey, but... <laughs> you you just buy the gi and then you join the BJJ gym and then you wear the gi and then they all think you're a psychopath. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I I come in with the Punisher day one and I get tapped out by everybody. Oh, <laughs> Oh man! I sent you a, a, a link to the video where this man literally, like, yeah. he collects the smoke ashes in a um, in a frying pot, pours them into a little cup, and then turns them into a knife. It's amazing. That is that is true talent. Like I want to know what the process is. Like there's some like people's creativity will never. Cease to amaze me. It's little things like this. Oh, I'm waiting for the video to loop. <laughs> but it's, it's little things like this that, that still give me, uh, like, hope in the world. Like, there's still people out there who are just pushing exactly. boundaries. Albeit, this is not the way I would think you would, but hey, man, I'm, I'm all for it. You know. I want to know, like, how... Like, what was the first thought that made you think, like, oh, I can put smoke in a jar and... Oh, hold up. I missed the whole process. <laughs> Fast forwarded too quick. Yeah, this is this is kind of wild, though. You guys should definitely watch Yeah, this. dude's name is Kiwami Japan. Like, Yeah, spelled K-I-W-A-M-I Japan. This is the sharpest smoke knife in the world. He has two point one million subscribers. They need to make him like in a movie and he can be like the secret level blacksmith. Like this is like the last technique. This is like the secret weapon that takes down the bad right. guy. This is why the internet's great because like 20, 30 years ago there would have been no space for this. Like how, how, how do you get this out to people? Because if you try to put this on like right. the news as like a segment... Like, you know, like how there's, like, a cooking segment? You right. just put, like, how do you make a knife out of your underwear segment? Which is one of his <laughs> videos, by the way. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, see, pre-internet, he'd have just been some random guy in, like, Milwaukee. I don't know why we keep bringing up Milwaukee. Oh, thank you, Ja Rule. But <laughs> he'd have been some random guy in Milwaukee that we never would have heard of. But, like, Milwaukee, he'd be, like, a legend. Um... No aluminum foil knife. Gemstone knife. Knife knife. Ah, see? You you know what this you know what this ties mm -hmm. into? Wait, no. <laughs> ba 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 Battle of the Nations. Oh, right. Wait, that's not until May. But I'm I'm just saying though, when they need new All weapons. Right, right. This is uh This is this is it. This is this is it. Sharpest chocolate guillotine in the world. Yo. Ah oh, man, you know what? Real quick before we leave, I gotta give a active of. Oh god, what what is his name? Um. I gotta give a shout out actually to Nike. Um, they did an event here in Baltimore. I think it already happened. I'm pretty sure at the time of this recording, by the time you guys hear this, it already happened. But they did an event at the um, Reginald F. Lewis Museum. Um, this probably won't mean much for anybody who doesn't live in Maryland because you probably have no idea who I'm talking about. But anybody, if you're from Maryland, if you know the Baltimore Running Man, um, for people who don't know, um, 
dude's like a Baltimore like local legend. The man runs everywhere. Um, and they gave him a Nike commercial. Oh, sweet. Yeah, and that was like really awesome. And they 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 debuted it at the event that they had at the uh, the Reginald F. Lewis Museum. Um, I haven't seen the commercial yet. Um, trying to search for it now, which probably isn't the best time. I might have to bring this up next week. But um, yeah, man, they gave the Baltimore Running Man a, a commercial, and I, that was just that's really dope, man. Like if I've lived in Baltimore since, well, I don't live in Baltimore anymore, but I still live in Maryland. But like I moved to Baltimore in like '90s, like mid '90s, and. Yeah, man, th- th- he's he's literally like a local legend. Like, if you've lived in Baltimore since I've lived in Baltimore, you you know who the Baltimore Running Man is. And the fact that he, you know, he he got a commercial is 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 pretty awesome. Um, so shout out to the Baltimore Running Man. That's really dope. And shout out to Nike for putting him in a commercial. That that's it, it's just a, a nice a nice feel good moment in a month where. <laughs> a lot of not feel good things have been happening. Um, it, it it was it was pretty nice to see that. Um, so shout shout outs to Nike and the Baltimore Running Man. Um, got any any more uh, any more shout outs? Any more shout outs? Uh, no shots. No shout outs. I wonder what the UFC ratings going to be on ESPN two because they were let in by rock climbing or something. I don't know. Uh, that's it. Everything's, uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Shots at the weather. Pick pick a temperature and stick to it. Um. <laughs> yes, it's 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 it's, it's snow it's, it's shit. Um. Don't bring that up. Don't bring that up. It's not real. Yeah. No, I'm good. Everything's good. Yeah. So um. Yeah. That's uh pretty much it for today's episode and we kept our promise under three hours yeah hey <laughs> but um yeah man so just look out man more podcasts coming big big pay-per-view next week so we'll be talking about that and i'll have my write-up done i'll probably have to work on that either today or tomorrow probably today it's gonna be a busy day today a lot of adulting but uh be on the lookout for that. I'll be doing the write-up for the good folks at the Technical File Podcast. So um, whenever they post that up, I will let you guys know so you guys can read it. Um, so on and so forth. But anywho, as always, check out this podcast, man. SoundCloud, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Follow us on social media at the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page as well as the Instagram page. Send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. Follow me on Twitter at Serial Sensei. Follow me on Twitch at Serial Sensei. Um, and that's it. So as always, anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we will be there to talk about it. And until next time, we will catch you guys later.